podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Episode, I think, 327 of Film Bastards. My name's Ian Loring, as always, I'm joined by... Matt Foster, hello everybody. Becky will be joining us later. Now, I'm in a rush here, because patrons will know why. Mark has just broken the news to me that the Cats' best, uh, the Cats original song by Taylor Swift has not made the list of consideration for the Oscars' best original song. Nope, it has not. So... Fucking hell. Right, so we've got Beyonce's Spirit from The Lion King, Tom York's Daily Battles from Motherless Brooklyn, which, to be fair, Tom York fucking whiffles away on bollocks in Suspiria like no one's business, and it is shit. I will yeah. I will talk about my thoughts on Motherless Brooklyn later. That song fit fitted that moment of that film very, very, very well. It 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 felt it would it fit a mood. Um, so letter to my godfather from the black grandfather never even heard of that adina menzel's into the unknown from frozen 2 elton john and tim rice's never too late from the lion king elton john and bernie toppins i'm gonna love me again from rocket man cynthia arrivo's stand up from harriet and randy newman's can't let you throw yourself away from toy story 4 so can i just say it quickly i really like that um i'm gonna love me again song from um Rocket Man. From Rocket Man, yeah. It, 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 it's genuinely a really fucking great um, Elton John song. So I'm kind of rooting for that in a way that it's not going to win at all because it's too jolly. <laughs> but it's like, I, I don't know, though. Like, my thing is, can you imagine Beyonce's nominated, Elton John and Taron Egerton perform you know, uh, Randy Newman performs and then Tom York doing his song from Motherless Brooklyn. Sticking out, <laughs> I, I don't know, like that. It would be more depressing than the In Memoriam song. Yeah, straight. I'd like that. They may as well just do it through In Memoriam and kill two birds with one stone. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, that's such an, in, that is such an interesting list, even though I will say it's great to see daniel pemberton um in like in the long list for um best original score for motherless brooklyn um because just for what is that has been my favorite score of the year yeah that's fantastic so back to kind of what we were talking about so non-patrons sorry you're gonna have to kind of catch up here i'll fucking pay (laughs) there you go so the fact that cats got one nomination at the golden globes it's cats watch again guys but it's the last time it's going to happen because the next show is is cats the fact the fact that it's star wars and cats and i'm so much more excited for cats um 
it like seriously, if Cats was the half five a.m. screening I was seeing at Thursday, that would be my preference. So the thing is, I, I, I'm in complete agreement with you in the fact that I keep remembering um, Star Wars is out this week, but I know Cats is out this week. It just, I want to go to the fucking Jellicle Ball so bad. I can't wait. I can't fucking wait for the Jellicle Ball. Um, so it's just, it's all building up to the feeling that it's going to be the train wreck I need it to be. It's just like, but the thing is, I want this ambitious, visually luxurious, insane production value, fucking catastrophe. New York, New York on PCP. Yeah, but yeah, Matt, like I... I am so fucking there for that. And I just, I feel like a kid at Christmas because it feels like that's what we, I just, it's so close. It is so like three days from now, 72 hours from now, I will be drunk off my ass watching cats. And I just, fuck, I can't wait. I can't wait. Hashtag Russell Crowe is dogs. Let's go. Ray Winstone plays Growl Tiger. I found that out this morning. I, I, I think that's what was added. That's what he was adding. <laughs> yeah, that's what he was adding in his 36-hour PCP adult bender. Yeah. Like it, he just he got he got Ray Winstone's agent on the phone. It was like Ray, 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 you big disembodied head. Do you want to be Growl Tiger? What? What's Grail Tiger then? He did it down the phone. <laughs> and uh, Tom Hooper just plays his card. I directed The Damned United. Hey! I fucking love that film. Who do you want me to be? Growl Tiger? All right. What are my lines? Urgh, I'm a growly tiger. Welcome to the Jellicle Ball. How's that, Tom? Perfect, Ray. Thank you very much. <laughs> Are we all right to use your massive Bet365 head and just put, just put it onto a tiny cat body? Only if I can get Bet in play into cats. Hang on, Tom. Take two. I'm the Growl Tiger. Welcome to the Jellicle Ball. Bet in play in the Jellicle Ball. Yeah. How's that, Tom? Yeah, brilliant. So it's gone. I that can't literally, I think, is what happened. Growl Tiger. Like, how did I not know that was a thing? Oh, fuck. I can't wait. Anyway, fuck, what are we doing on this week's show? Because it's all just... I'm looking forward to recording this week's show. Don't get me wrong. It's We're going to have some fun discussions. But fuck me, am I looking forward to the next recording? Like... <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think we might have to do Cats first next week, then get Steve on later, because otherwise I'm not going to be able to focus. <laughs> I think that's a good idea, yeah. Like, and it, I, I'm, I'm assuming Steve, uh, uh, Steve Nixon will be on. I, I certainly hope so. So, anyway, it's episode 327 of Cats Watch. Uh, Mark is here. Becky will be here. And this week we are reviewing the rushed remake Blumhouse's Black Christmas. Um, 
We'll also be talking around some other things as well. Uh, Mark and Becky saw an advanced screening of Jojo Rabbit, which unfortunately I was just too fucking knackered to attend last night. We'll get some thoughts from them on Jojo Rabbit, maybe talk about it a, a bit more fully in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, um, I call, so, yeah sorry. That's the plan, I think. We'll give it a little rough thoughts and then we'll, we'll, get, we'll certainly get more into it um, next week. Cool. Um, sorry. No, absolutely. Um, I, I saw Six Underground, so um, I'll, I'll talk about that. Um, I also caught up on Motherless Brooklyn, so we'll have a more discussion about that. And the latest patron review, I, I think what will probably be the last patron review of the year, given like the kind of the, the content we've got coming up over the next few weeks with like best of the decade and best of the year and stuff. Um, so, but it, what a one to go out on. Uh, it is uh, Brad Porter and Andrew Jones's choice. Brad finally getting us to talk about James Ivory's The Remains of the Day. Now, now, now uh, Brad's got to pick a fucking different movie. <laughs> he does. Yeah, actually, yeah, that, that's a good point. Actually, I'm kind of yeah. What the hell is he going to be? What the, what is he going to do with himself? I'm intrigued. Um, <laughs> Literally, he's going to be sat on holiday for the next week or so in Canada. I think it, 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 it is just going. What can I put on for my next Patreon? <laughs> Yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, can't can't wait to find out. And also, obviously, Andrew's got to find um um come up with a new one as well. So, uh, good stuff. Patreon Patreon dot com forward slash film bastards. Um, I am planning on doing the next Ian's Guide to Bondage with uh, within the next few days. I am part of the way through on a Majesty's Secret Service. Um, that film is fun. That film is fun. Um, there is a casino with purple all over the place and I fucking love it. Um, so yeah. And I, I believe I'm going to have a guest as well. I still need to sync up times and stuff, but yes. So what the shit has been happening over the last few weeks then? Um, or the last, well, the last week and a half, I suppose. Um, Golden Globes nominees came out last week. I don't think there's anything particular. Actually, no. Kate Blanchett's nomination for Where'd You Go Bernadette, uh, the Richard Linklater film that I don't think Kate Blanchett even remembers shooting, um, <laughs> was was something. Um, but yeah, beyond that, it kind of seems like everything is accounted for. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood seems like it's like probably got best musical or comedy nailed. I'm, I'm think i'm right in saying it's in that category it is yeah. um um but it was interesting to see taron edgerton getting a nomination for rocket man um he, he there had been not an awful lot of buzz on him whatsoever and now that's kind of like propelled him into uh the race again but best actor does seem very 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 crowded this year so it, it, um, it does it's gonna it's gonna go down to being one of those i think that is um it all depends on the the makeup of the voters. Yeah, and I mean, like, to be fair, like, Rocket Man is a good film. Yeah. And it, it kind of feels like it, it slightly came and went. I wonder whether the summer blockbuster season release for it was a little bit too confident. Um. But it's it's a shame because it's a bloody good film. And I, I do I think it should be like Best Picture, Best Director? No, probably not, to be fair. But Taron Edgerton as Elton John, yeah, he's really good in it. He's really good. So why, why you know, fuck it, why not? It's um, bloody rap today. 
Hey, there she is. <laughs> you all right? Hello. Um, you, you, you've missed cats talk. Sorry. Cats, cats, cats. Cats, cats, cats. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no. So um, they, there you go. But Ray Winstone, no cats nomination. <laughs> well, poor Ray. What else has been happening? It's been fairly quiet, I think, hasn't it? it? Everyone's waiting for Star Wars, I think, now. I'm so fucking psyched for that movie. Every uh, time I see the trailer. And that, that seems to be it. There seems to be, obviously, because there was the first press screenings were yesterday. And so there's been the first kind of word that's come out for it so far. <laughs> and it, it's a lot of what I've seen is I'm literally avoiding anything about it now because I think... I've had, I'm not going to say what they are, um, but from the tone of what people, have, some people have been saying, it, it sounds a little bit spoilery. I'm very concerned about the, like there was one tweet like saying that this is, is the most offensive thing that's happened to Ryan Johnson since motion smoothing, uh, which I, I, the, 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 the tweet I read said something similar that didn't give anything away. But basically made me go, oh, right, in a very similar vein to what you just said there. Yeah, it, it sounds like there might be some retconning going on, and yeah. it, it it's weird because a lot of the tweets are like, yep, yeah, it's exactly what I wanted, well done. But there are quite a few that are like, yeah, it's good, you know, like no nobody's because I remember when the first reactions to the Last Jedi came out. And it was like it was it it was like it was the second coming, um, and then it just so aggressively went the other way. And as I've always said, I regret my initial stance on the Last Jedi to an extent. I mean, to an extent, not fully. I started watching the Last Jedi again today, and the hold, please, still bothers the fuck out of me. <laughs> it's it's the thing is what I think it is. I think it's too goofy. It's too, it's too goofy. It's, I don't like Domhnall Gleeson in that moment either. Like just the way it, it he's very histrionic. It, 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 it's cartoony. It's cartoon Billy. It's almost dick dastardly. Yeah. It, it, I, I'm hoping for less. I like Domhnall Gleeson overall. Yeah, I'm I, hoping I, I, for less of him in The Rise of Skywalker. Um, what I would say is I do think that so far a lot of the a lot of the promotional stuff that has been going around from Star Wars has been a bit shit. Mm. It, it's kind of made you go, hmm. It, it, it's a bit it's a bit whiffy if that makes sense I think I think that they pushing out Harrison Ford for instance for the, the, the Force Awakens and Carrie Fisher and going look here's fucking Han, here's Han Solo mm. and then pushing out um, Mark Hamill for the last one and going look here's fucking Luke Skywalker it, it, you're going yeah, look, fucking hell, look, there's Han Solo, there's Luke Skywalker, there's Princess Leia, and look, there's these new people pushing out Daisy Ridley and going, look, here's Daisy Ridley, and I'm, go- I'm going, 
Ray. She's called Ray. That's it. Ray. That's and the then the, the, the yeah. and Boyega turns up and I look at him and go, I can't remember what he's called. Finn. But that that's it. I've seen both the movies. Well, you've seen both of them in two fucking movies so far, but Daisy Ridley's got the charisma of a plank. And however, I quite like John Boyega. Though. I, I like John Boyega. He he weirds me out with the way that he looks, though. What? what? His physical? What is it? It's just he's got a really weird way of standing, and it, it kind of weirds me out <laughs> in the sense if you actually look at him, his legs are really long and his body's really small, and it, I look at him and go, he just looks weird, but. Actually, the mental thing about him is, in the Star Wars movies, he has no charisma at all. No. However, the Pacific Rim sequel, mm. he is fucking charisma turned up. And if you've ever seen interviews with him, or like, most of, he, he seems like a fun fucking guy. Yeah. You know, he'd be a good guy to be trapped in a lift with. It, it's that kind of thing. Although you would be looking at him going, what the fuck's going on? He stood so weird. However, the one thing I will say about Daisy Ridley is she's going to be in all of my material for my acting class that I'm going to start. Of what not to do? No, my running for humans. Well, she's a good runner. She's not a runner. She can't run. She doesn't run like a human. She doesn't run like a human. She doesn't run like a human. We will watch The Fart Awakens and I will prove to you. She doesn't run like a human. She runs like somebody has just explained what running was to her and not shown her what it was. No, I disagree. I tried to persuade Mark to go um, to watch Force Awakens and Last Jedi tomorrow and then go through the 12-15 screening of Last Skywalker? Rise of the Skywalker. That's like saying Rise of the Foster. No, it's, no, also... it's The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, also, oh, right, okay. also The Rise of Skywalker... It's the fucking ninth movie that's been about the Skywalkers. Surely they've already fucking risen. It's going to be because Skywalker is the new Jedi. It's it's the rise of Skywalker as an ideal. Yeah, it's just... I, I, I'm... I'm worried for, for people. I'm worried with the fact that, um, that what they're doing here is they're saying... This closes off the Skywalker saga, which is what 32 years, no, 42 years worth of that, and makes up a lot of people's childhoods. Whether or not it's a bit, it's one of those wanky things, but but it, it, it does, it's an important thing to a lot of people's lives, and not just the weird man babies, but it's a bit like it's 42 years. What if it ends and you go, that was shit? Well, the, I mean, there's, there's bound to be backlash. It'll be, there will be, because people people now get, they get things into their heads of how things are going to finish. And whereas back in the day, if it didn't finish that way, you'd go, oh, I didn't think that's not the way I thought it was going to go. And then move on with your fucking life. Now, people bitch and moan about it. Like, there's no tomorrow on the fucking internet. So, of course, there's going to be a backlash, regardless of how it goes. Yeah. Because... <laughs> If it goes the way person A thinks it was going to go, it's not going to go the way that person B thought it was going to go. So there's bound to be bitching. I, I, I literally saw a tweet today that said, um, I'll know by this time on Thursday if my Christmas is ruined or not. Oh, right. Fuck, you know, calm down. I thought, Get a fucking grip. And I looked at it and thought, 
you, you're a woman in your mid thirties, and it's your your tagline for you. It wasn't a joke. It wasn't like a half jokey thing. She was being genuine. I thought your little bio thing says proud mum of three, massive Star Wars fan. It's like What's really happening? Star Wars is shit, and your Chris, your, your kids are gonna have a shit Christmas because you don't like the new Star Wars. It's pathetic, isn't it? Oh, yeah. People need to get a grip. They really do. I mean, the, the fact. It, 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 the whole Game of Thrones thing, I know it's it's a it's a shorter time period, but the fact that there's a fucking petition going around asking asking people to sign it to get the last series remade with competent writers, it's like seriously, a TV show didn't uh, end the way uh, that uh, you uh, thought it was going uh, to. And, and also, it's a bit like you know that's not going to happen, right? Yeah. It costs hundreds of millions of dollars to do it. They've already done it. They're not going to do it again because eight. Hundred fucking knobheads signed a petition. Ridiculous, isn't it? Mm. But yeah, that no news. I don't think. Daisy, Daisy Ridley's pissed everyone off on related news. Why? What? Which one? The privilege thing. Yeah. <laughs> do I have privilege? Yeah. 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 It's kind of doing. Let's say as a rich white privately schooled girl, probs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just next time you're at one of those big fucking dinner soirees or anything like that. Have a look around at the cast of current crop of young British actors and go. Did any of these go to state school? Yeah. But yeah, that I think that's about the only news that I've seen. Half five in the morning, fucking showing on Thursday. Why are you going at half five in the morning? Because it's the time that the one with the Dolby Atmos is on. And the evening timings don't really work. And I want to see it in the Dolby Atmos. There's a 6 a.m. but And there's a 6.30. But the 6.30 would be too late to get into work. I literally had to tell my boss today that I couldn't make a meeting at 8 a.m. on Thursday. Because I'll be in the cinema. And she looked at me like I had fucking three heads. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, bless her. She was, And she was like, Star Wars, is that the one with Darth Vader? And it like it, it's you know I wish I wish I I had that level of just not knowing what this shit is. It must it must be nice to focus on other things. Like, but then again, I mean, like I I've been reminding all my coworkers every day about how many days until cats. <laughs> I, I I was talking to one of my coworkers today and said. Ian's literally reminding me daily as a, what a countdown is towards cats. Three days, guys. It's three days. Three days I'm going to be in the cinema fucking watching it. Oh, what a treat. It'll be it'll be nearly finished. Oh, what a time. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. Forgetting the biggest, biggest new movie news of the week. Well, what's that now? We've got our new fucking Cineworld. No, we, we said... That we will let you give your thoughts when you got here. Yeah. We did. It's awesome. And it, it all smells new and clean and lovely. And <laughs> seats and the, the, it, it's just magnificent. It's everything I could have hoped for. And now you've just got a little card and you don't, you don't even really need the card. Just go on the app and say, I want to see that. 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 It's fantastic. Well, that was it. The first night we went, you went opening night. Um... The very confused young man asked us for our card. We're like, we haven't got it yet. So I showed him a picture of my 
confirmation <laughs> thing. And he still seemed really confused. Yesterday, I just got my e-ticket out and the kid just fucking scanned it and we went in. Yeah. Yeah, the guy on the first night was like, yes, I'm satisfied with that. <laughs> yeah. All right, bitch. Really? <laughs> <laughs> He didn't do it like a, what is it? I, I think he was very. I think that's what he thought he was supposed he, he to was say. He thought he was supposed to say. <laughs> I just thought, fair enough. All right, mate. Have a nice night. Thinking, if you're not satisfied with it, I'm going to pick you up and go and put you in a bin. Mm. He was very small. Oh. Because he was little. Mm. Yeah, he was little. Mm. Not saying I like abusing little people. I mean, that's what it sounded like. But, I mean, I would. Oh, Ian, it's magnificent. Uh, I, I, I was saying earlier on, I will come to York next year and I will partake in some stuff. Do it, do it. The VIP lounge looks ace. It is, yeah. We, we, we did that thing that people do in the VIP <laughs> lounge, we at our heads and our faces pressed up again and going, that looks lovely, doesn't it? <laughs> no, we didn't do that. We had a piece. Is it, so what is it? like? Because you've got to pay like £30, £35 for a ticket, but like it's like an hour before the film starts, you've just got like a bar and snacks and shit. You know, like the VIP lounge at the airport? Yeah. That, but for a movie. That sounds pretty good. It, it, it is. They've got a really nice, beautifully stocked bar and, like, plush seats and, and then a big fucking glass wall around it. Yeah. And <laughs> a bouncer. They have got bouncer. <laughs> I mean, with a tiny little lady, but she could be Cynthia Rothrock and get the shit out of you. It's like, uh, like a desk, like a maitre d' desk. Yeah. We so need to 100% do that. We will do something oh, yeah. in it, without question, won't yeah. we? Yeah, yeah. You're good. Uh, oh, brilliant. Um, I'm very disappointed that Cats is only playing in standard 2D because Star Wars is sucking up all the all the other screen formats. I mean, I don't think you need to see that terrifying display in 3D. I want to see Shaky Tales with Cat titties in 3D. Do you want I'm... to see Rebel Wilson and James Corden's no. scary Idris Elba cat in no, 3D? No, I don't want to see that. No. I want it in 4DX. <laughs> That's the thing. I want the shaking seats. <laughs> I don't think it'll be warranted, Ian. I don't think it's the movie that it is in your head. I can't. We can destroy your dreams, Becky. <laughs> like, seriously, the film that's in my head, like, oh, God, if you could bottle that, it would sell for millions. <laughs> like, I just the fact that it's a you. I can't, I can't get my head around the fact that it contains my old threat when it's that fucking film. It just looks, it just looks fucking sinister. I love yep. it. I love it. Oh god, I can't wait. Sorry. Have you seen the musical? Um, no, I've watched scenes from the musical, but I don't want to spoil myself for the film. I just hope it's not the same level of wankery as it is. I can't wait. I can't go to the Jellicoe Ball. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm tempted to go back and see it again on Friday night and record a commentary. Just like talk through it with other people all around. (laughs) I don't think the other people would be happy with that. No, I don't think they would be either. Especially not excited as you I, are about it i am going to see it again on saturday in all seriousness with lots seriously do you want to give a nightmares <laughs> it's a you i know but it looks terrifying she's she's well into it and the thing is it's like i want to get her into musicals and so far she's not having any of it 
So, but she wants to see Cats and she knows there's songs in it. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hoping it'll be a bit of a gateway thing, you know, but we'll see. The thing is, if I see it on Friday night and then go take her to see it and 40 minutes in, she's like, Daddy, I'm bored. Can we go? Then it's like, yeah, fine. You know, like it's it's not the end of the world. I, I already would have seen it because Donna was like, what? Why the fuck are you seeing it twice? Uh, and, you know, but I think the logic is sound in the yeah. end of the day. We've, we've got to review it. I'm looking forward to seeing the thing. And if lots is just like bored or like crawling under the seats or something like that, I'm just going to be distracted. Yeah. So. Have, you, have you tried her on any of like like the, the classic ones that like we'd watch when we were kids, like Mary Poppins and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and stuff like that? Yeah, there's no fucking way. No. There is no. There's there is no way. Not at the moment. I mean, she, believe me, she's getting better. Mm. Um, I, I'll talk about some stuff I uh, I watched with her um over the weekend, but like she's she's progressed because previously it would be like it had to be animated, but now it can be live action. So, you know, she's, she's, she is getting there. Um, and after cats, it will all have to be CG cat human hybrids. Otherwise she won't watch. To be fair, I might not watch anything again after cats, unless it's a cat human CG hybrid. I mean, fair enough. Anyway, I kind of feel like I've got, I've gone a little bit overboard on cats. So <laughs> you're down the rabbit. I'm going to, <laughs> yeah ex- yeah uh, absolutely so i'm going to try not to mention it again until the end of the show so trailers what have we got um <coughs> ghostbusters mm. afterlife mm. or the what appears to be like just the stranger things mix a be kind rewind ghostbusters movie yeah, but you can't really blame for tapping into what's popular. It did it, and everyone fucking loved it. I'm fine, fine with Ghostbusters. Fine. Um, Noel said something quite that, that I absolutely 100% agree with, um, in the sense that he said that taking it away from New York yeah. removes an entire character, which is a wanky thing to say, yeah. but it's true. But it's taking right. It from, from, from New York City and putting it out in the sticks... It, it, it removes an entire character. And I am sorry, but if in the 80s, ghosts had terrorised New York, right, and we knew ghosts exist, existed, it wouldn't have been just something we forgot about and that kids didn't know about. Well, no, because didn't the Ghostbusters fix it? Yeah, but it wouldn't be something that, what is it? That would, it would, there would be a thing. It would be, it wouldn't just be that something that happened. Well, you haven't seen the film yet. You've only seen a snippet. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. We're Ghostbusters. They can't keep retreading the old, the same old ground. They've got to do something new with it. They've got to make it popular to a new generation of viewers. It's I
But why the hell was it to take it and set it in big fucking outside barns? I mean, we know what it is. It's just because it's, it's easier to render and shit like that. But you look at it, they did it with Transformers and everything. They take it all out and go, we need to set it out in rural America for some reason. Well, theoretically, like, if, if they're meant to be Egon's kids, which is the vibe that you get from the trailer, isn't it? Egon's grandkids. Grandkids. But you could understand why maybe his family might have moved out of New York City after everything that kicked off. Right, yeah. So like, you could understand why they're being that, 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 that might make sense. But I, I just... It doesn't... You just don't like Finn Wolfhard, though, do you? I don't even know who that is. The kid out of Stranger Things that you I don't, don't like. give a shit. Didn't even know who he was. Okay. Um, but no, it just, I don't... I really like Paul Rudd, though. But I just the thing the thing is for it for me is it, it just there's something doesn't feel right about it. I'd say what doesn't feel right about it. What? This film shouldn't exist. This film literally exists because Jason Reitman has not had a hit in fucking ages, and he is capitalising on the fact that fucking twats hate the Paul Feig version so much because it's women and he's gone do you know what I'm gonna lean into this and I'm gonna be all respectful to Paul Feig and whatnot and Paul Feig is a fucking class act that after that, 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 that is it is classy to the end Jesus fucking Christ but yeah like so and now we've got this thing where it's like fine do Stranger Things, fine. Do kids, fine. New York is a character, it is. Um, Paul Rudd as a fanboy teacher, who's based. So Paul Rudd is basically playing the person that all these fucking fanboys who hated the Fig version so much, what who they think they are. Paul Rudd is basically playing an acceptable, well, a very good-looking fantasy version of Ghostbusters fanboy. Bright, brilliant. Yeah, well done. Um, the Ecto-1 going around the cornfield, not into it either. Ecto-1 going around a barren town, probably because Sony are like, we don't want to chuck too much money at this. So yeah, can we set this in the middle of nowhere so we don't have to spend nearly as much money on it as we would if it was in the city? Uh, I'm intrigued to see how the uh, three surviving original Ghostbusters um, play into it. They're, they're all apparently in the film, as is Sigourney Weaver. I'm intrigued to see how the fuck that, that's going to work. Isn't Rick Moranis um, as well? And Janine. Wow, we. All right, cool. Um, Annie Potts and Rick Moranis are in it as well. You know, fair, okay, cool. Fair play. It just feels. It. it I mean, shit. Holiday. Hollywood studios are businesses. I understand that. This feels like a particularly cynical thing. And I think it's because it's the filmmaker as well. I do not believe for one fucking second, if Jason Reitman was as hot now as he was in 10 years ago, as he was 10 years ago, that he would be any fucking where near this. I don't. And okay, cool. He's co-written it with Gil Keenan. Gil Keenan, director of Monster House. Brilliant. Also director of the Poltergeist remake. Huh. Uh, no, or wrote the Poltergeist remake. But it may, no, I think he directed it as well. I, this, 
fucking trailer made my teeth itch. It, it, no, just no, no. And it's not because it's not my Ghostbusters. Fuck that. It's because I am not interested. And the re, but the thing that makes me angry is the fact that I think that Jason Reitman has basically capitalized on the hate for the Feig film to try and score some fucking points. I'm, I'm not down. The bit that you've not mentioned is Jason Reitman walks into Sony and says, I've got an idea. I know we didn't like that last Ghostbusters film, but what I want to do is I want to do a new Ghostbusters movie. Does he get it? Do they go, okay, we're interested if his surname isn't Reitman? Yeah, straight up. Also, Dan Aykroyd's a fucking director, not the first two. It's not a hit for, for years. Not only is that a hit, his previous couple of movies have been bombs. Yeah. I mean, literally, has anybody seen Labor Day? Mm. And there's a possibility even he hasn't seen it. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, the front, the front runner came out last year and just nothing. Just an absolute whiff. That film doesn't exist. Yeah. I literally forgot that film existed. And it's got huge action in it. Yeah, I it, it uh, I I just I mean if it if it's it you know if it's good then that's that's great you know fair play I don't necessarily wish anyone in, in the fucking film like ill or anything like I just it feels so fu- like the Paul Feig one was like I want to do I want to do something different and with this one it's yeah Stranger Things is popular in it. Mm. Do you know who else is popular? Paul Rudd. Yeah. And Paul Rudd's sitting on, I am really quite popular. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I don't really get it, but here we are. Yeah. I'll just turn up and smile. Um, Wonder Woman 1984, because the 80s are really popular. <laughs> I'm, I'm up for it. Yeah, yeah. So it's not. I didn't get on with the first one that that much, but this looks more fun. Yeah, it does look more fun than the first one. Yeah. DC heroes are always just so fucking earnest, though, aren't they? Yeah. Like, have a bit of a dark side. Be Batman. It does. You've got it right with one of their heroes. It, it does look a lot like if nineteen eight if, if MTV in nineteen eighty eight made a movie, that would be it. Not if MTV now made a movie now. God, I don't know if it's like this. MTV? Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a reality TV show. Yeah, yeah. 16-year-old so, pregnancy. Couldn't, couldn't make this now. But if, 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 in, if in 1988, just after it launched, MTV made a movie, it would be that. You know, it looks fine, and I'll go and see it, because we've made a pact to literally see every movie that's showing in Cineworld. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not keen for it. Like, I'm not bothered for it. The action looks good. The score's great. Um... I, I love the fact that, that Gal Gadot can barely speak, but is a genuine movie star. I think it's great. <laughs> um, yeah. I, 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 I also am looking at going, I can't remember. Does he die? Am I missing something? Or does he get like shot into space or something? Can't remember. But I'm glad he's back because he's the best pine. He's the best Chris, sorry. He's not the best Chris. He's not the best Chris. He's the best. We've been pining for him. He is the best, Chris. No, I'm not. I'm fine. That was you high-fiving yourself. Don't try and trick people that are listening. 
I'm yeah. looking forward to Kristen Wiig's character arc in this because it does. Other people have pointed this out, but it does feel very Poison Ivy and Batman and Robin. <laughs> I am incredibly here for that. Uma Thurman gave me a massive boner when I went to see Batman and Robin in the cinema, and I'm looking forward to Kristen Wiig doing the same. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all right with this. It's bugging the shit out of me that, that, that they keep referencing Breakfast Club to the film. It's like Breakfast Club coming out the year after this film's set. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, that bothers me. They, they reference Breakfast Club in the film? No, but the, the, there's a lot of nods to it around the promotions and stuff oh, like that. Oh, okay. Uh, what else we've got trailer-wise? You brought one to my attention, didn't you, Becca? I did. Didn't I do well? You did do well. <laughs> you could do this one, then. Um, have you seen the trailer for Promising Young Woman? Uh, no, I've uh, no, I haven't. I've seen it like start playing on my Twitter feed a bit over the last like twenty four hours or so. But no, what is it? It looks like Mark Nip. It does look like Mark. Nip. A psycho, attractive female. Yeah. Right, really. Um, it looks like what it's about is she's she's in medical. Yeah. Something happens. Um, yeah. of a sexual slash abuse nature. Um, and she goes off the deep end, quits medical school, goes out, pretends she's drunk in bars, picks guys up, goes back to the houses, and then sobers up. If they try it on. If they if they try it on, she... And then punishes the fuck out yeah. of them. Oh, she's shit. Tally in it. We don't know what she does. No. Not from the trailer, but she's got a book with a tally, so clearly there's something. But literally, before this trailer, if you'd have said to me, oh, Kerry Mulligan... On a scale of attractors, what do you think? I would literally be like, literally just like, like, like looking at a plain wall. Right. Just okay. At all. And after this, it was like, we need to find her now. <laughs> just because of the psycho element. For some reason, yes. Yeah. Um. And yeah, it's written. I don't know if this will mean anything to you, Ian, because I don't know if you watched it. It definitely doesn't mean anything to Mark. But um, it's written by person that wrote Killing Eve, so I'm quite excited about the writing and that's fantastic. So Killing Eve? What? Phoebe Waller-Bridge? No, she didn't write Killing Eve, did she? She produced it, I think. I think she wrote season one. I think it's written by the person who wrote season two. Oh, okay. You say that's a good one. They're both good. Killing Eve's just good. Just because you watch it. It's TV. No one has time for TV. Uh, True that. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, Cleve. It's written and directed by her. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't know she directs it as well. That's very interesting. Yeah, it looks fab. This. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for this. It's not oh. just interesting, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Clancy Brown in it. It does look Clancy Brown in it. Jennifer Coolidge, Christopher Mintz Plath, Molly Shannon. It's got a good cast. I mean, you listed Christopher Mintz Plath in there. I was trying to ignore the fact that he's in it. But not even a real actor. Whatever. Clancy Brown is it. It's also got Connie Britton in it. Harrison Brie. Stop at Connie Britton. Yeah, so that looks very good. Uh, anything else at your end, Ian? Top Gun Maverick. I completely forgot this trailer existed. Well, Tom Cruise is flying planes now. Doesn't feel as impressive. 
I don't know. Like, after all the stuff he did in Fallout, I don't know. All right, I just kind of expect Tom Cruise can fly a fighter jet. It does does seem a little bit with Crew now. It's like everything else that he does that isn't a Mission Impossible movie now is like him doing a little indie movie. Yeah. A passion project. It's like, it's like even even that. It's just like, like he's helping a mate out. (laughs) It's like, like, are you busy with Mission Impossible this weekend? No, I'm not. Oh, do you mind just being in Top Gun? Oh, go on then, I'll be in Top Gun. It's, I wonder between this and Ghostbusters whether next summer might be the se- the summer that 80s nostalgia ends. You've got, yeah, you've got this Ghostbusters, Wonder Woman is there. The Is it the final season of Stranger Things is out next year? If you think about it, Folks in their twenties, mid twenties now don't give a flying fuck about the eighties. No, it, it, we'll, we'll start to get to nineties nostalgia. We'll start oh, to I'm get what the Buffy reboot. You're yeah. psyched for that? No. A show that was already work when it existed. Can you imagine how work it's going to be when you get the reboot of that? I actually see the purpose of rebooting Buffy. It's already yeah. perfect. A lot of people don't see the purpose of rebooting all the shit that's getting rebooted now. But Buffy will get it. <sighs> Yeah, it will. Yeah. A remake of My So-Called Life. If it gets the original on any kind of streaming service, I'm all right with it. Fair enough. That's what will happen. I'm looking forward to the reboot of it. I am looking forward to, like, 90s vibe stuff, though. Like, if they do with with the 90s what they've done with the 80s, which is just make stuff in the style of the 90s, I'm I'm all right with that. I'll I'll be in my element. Fair enough. There we go. Yeah, that, that's it for us, I think. Yeah. Okay, it's time. Let's do this. I will bring you to your knees. You beg for mercy? What did you just do? I said, hey, Calvin Hawthorne, why don't you come down here, bite my ass, and make me a panini on my mom's press? Oh, my God. <laughs> what was that? Black Christmas is directed by Sophia Takao and stars Imogen Poops, Carrie Elways, and a host of other people. Black Christmas is a remake a very, very surface remake where the writers maybe read the the one-line summary of the film on IMDb and then went, yeah, all right, I know what that's about. So, Imogen Poots stars as a woman who, a few years beforehand, was the victim of a rape where no one believed her. And, um, but, you know, she's she's still in college. Her life hasn't been ruined by it. But things start happening. Women around her start going missing, including a girl she was supposed to be looking after. Um, and it goes from there. 
one of the things I will say about Black Christmas is that I don't if if you put money on what the central cause of the horror in this film was before seeing it, you would be a millionaire. Black Christmas. I think you can probably tell from the tone of my voice what I thought about it. Becky, Black Christmas. I was really excited for this movie. I like the original. I like the 2006 remake in that it's like grimy, a naughty's vibe, <laughs> like when horror was just like nasty and gross oh, and bloody. No, yeah. The 2006 movie of that grim. It should be more like you'd think from the cast and everything like that. You'd that think be the trash one. you'd think that it would be more like something like Sorority Row or something oh, like yeah. that. And then we actually get in, it's more like hostile. Yeah. Is the 2006 one. Yeah. Um, it's but movies. the 2006 one is a fucking cinematic masterpiece compared to this pile of shit. <laughs> What what the fuck? It isn't even like a spiritual successor to either of the other two movies. It's not a slasher. What's wrong? Oh. You look really concerned at something. It's it's not a slasher movie. At least the 2006 one, it's stuck with the whole slasher thing. The reason that slashers are scary is because they it's are rooted. Yeah, it's rooted in real life. It could theoretically happen. This one just goes off the fucking deep end at the end. With its stupid, stupid bullshit ending. Which I can't even, like, what is it? The spirit of Nathaniel <laughs> Hawthorne is possessing guys to be misogynistic cunts? I don't get it. It's, a it's magical like, statue is making people kill women. Can I, <laughs> can I ask a question? I, we'll get, I'll get more of my thoughts on it about that, is right? It, what is a diva cup? No, I know what a diva cup is. Um... Right, I did a lot of research. Into the Diva Cup? No, into feminine hygiene products for when we've got a daughter, don't we? So I, I did all that research. No, you fucking wouldn't. Um, so, so, right. So the bust has been taken away from being shown on what set? In the library. In, in the wherever. Yeah. Right? In the quad. And then taken um, to that house for some reason. Right. Because that's the founders. Right. That, fair enough. And then they discovered what? That it bled weird fucking black voodoo fucking juice out of its eyes. How do you discover that? Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe it didn't happen until he was in his East fraternity house. Maybe. And maybe that, that's... That, be fair, they yeah. say that. It's, do they, do they it, say that? It, right. Being I, in I, the house unleashes its power. I, 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 I must have missed that. But I, 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 that's what I was wondering. Is, did I miss something? Yes, I've missed that. It's just fucking crap. It has no cinematic value whatsoever. Yeah. And it's like... It, it, I, I said to you, it feels like some young, angry feminist that doesn't really understand how the world works has made a film. And you, you said, no, do you know what? It's, it feels like an old-school, angry feminist has made a movie. And to be fair, she's kind of in between. She's not super young, she's not super old, but she's... It's just, it's just so angry with men. Like... The whole it, it it's supposed to be this like woke feminist version of a slasher, and then the girls band together because they're sisters and sisterhood, rah. But like they're all shitty to each other. All the men in it are portrayed as just being useless or evil. It 
honestly, I felt like ripping my eyes out and ripping my eardrums out at the point where they went, um, you can die or you can cooperate, your body, your choice, or whatever fucking stupid You literally language. turned around to me in the cinema and said, did he seriously just fucking say that? I, I knew we were in for a rough time with the deeper cut bit. That really, I was like, oh. It was so odd. Yeah. I, I, they were, they were I, making I, personal items from these girls to be able to, like, set these minions. Fair enough, them. but but it's an... I, sorry, sorry, go on. It, it, it really bothered me that bit. You know what? Yeah, all right, girls have periods. And it's very much a, yeah, viewers, girls have periods. If you've got a problem with that, uh, look at her with a diva cup. And it's like, it's just too fucking... Everything's it's, hammered home. It, it, it's the same reason as... Why don't you ever see people taking a shit in a movie? Because no one wants to see people taking a shit in a movie. The only reason I can say that I was actually like, do you know what? I enjoyed that scene of that person taking that shit within Nocturnal Animals, which still contains my favourite prop of this decade. Well, the toilet outside his trailer? No, the toilet paper that he looks at before oh, he throws it in the good. toilet and yeah. there's shit on it. Yeah. It is disgusting, but somebody had to make that prop, and I'm going, I wonder what it is. I mean, it's probably pudding. But oh, mate, to, it, nah, man, to be fair, Tom Ford directed it. It probably smells fucking amazing. It probably does smell amazing. Do you know what really bothered me about that, that one scene with the Diva Cup thing? The fact that she put it in. Well, A, the fact that she put it in. The fact that she borrowed a Diva Cup from a friend. Like, I... I I'm, I'm not sort of... I'm not the kind of girl that talks about stuff like that with my girlfriends. I'm just not because it's like we all know it happens. Do we have to discuss it? But I, I just I feel like in the same way that I wouldn't use a friend's. You can say a bad brother. No, I was gonna say use tampon because that is the fucking same. I well, know I, 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 I'm pretty but, sure it was washed. But it's disgusting. Would you really want to like shove something up in your business that had been shoved up in your best mate's business? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? My best mate is. Yeah. It's just, it's just gross. Depends. They might be Eskimo sisters. They certainly are now. <laughs> um, I just no. It just at that point I thought, oh shit. <laughs> I'll be honest. It was the same point that I thought Becky's not going to enjoy this. But it was just, it was painfully crap, and the deaths were shit. Yeah, they were. Like really just. Tame shit. I've, I, 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 of the previous two movies, and one of them is a 2006 fucking naughty horror movie that's got Michelle Trachtenberg in it. I mean, I mean sorry, go on, Ian. Just on the scares, I think this film was probably close to a 12A. Yeah, I, I think I think it might have been. I think if you take away the um, the, the the date rape element of it, I think you, you possibly could have a 12A on that. I mean, it it just, it's the fact that I think it's, I think at times what it's trying to say is, is interesting. And I'll be honest, if the evil of the film was not a magical statue, I think it probably would have landed its message better. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just the, I, I, Mark, obviously your thoughts in a sec, but it's just the fact that 
it's not fucking shut up siri it's not successful as a horror film in the fucking slightest um you know horror has always been a genre where the people who have got messages that they want to use a sledgehammer to smash a walnut with can use and that is what this film is doing it has got its politics very 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 much on its sleeve and now is not a time to be fucking like um subtle with with politics but you've got films like black Klansman, and you've got films like black christmas mm. and it, it's the fact that this film obviously i mean it was like it was announced in june and started filming in i think june and it's out now and it it seems it there's barely any score in the film a lot of it plays out in complete fucking silence um the scares are nothing and one of them is a direct ripoff of the exorcist 3 and i do you know what i actually i swear to god in that film where she was going from one end like one room into the other then back into the other left to right from right to left it was like they're going to do an Exorcist 3 here. Mm. They're actually going to do an Exorcist 3 here. And then lo and behold, they did. I honestly thought that. And I mean, I will give the film points for having a ripoff of the Exorcist 3 scare, but I almost want to take them away for how badly it's handled. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Mark, what do you think? The thing, but it is, and the same to, to as you, Bex, I wanted to go into this. I, I, I like schlocky horror. Mm. I, I like horror that is just, that is reveling, in, not just in its horrorness, but in its schlockiness. Fuck, I like Sorority Row. We own it on iTunes. <laughs> um, it, I like that. They're, they're films, they're the sort of films that we, we eat up, don't we? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, we? We like watching these type of movies. So I was going into it going, I'm, I'm fine with this. I'm fine with it playing with the ideas of um, of the original, the Bob Clark original, which is, is fantastic and is genuinely one of the best horrors of its kind. Um, and I I also, like you say, Ian, the, the idea of horror having its, where its politics is on its sleeve it, it is fine. And I think that a horror movie based around these ideas is a really fucking good idea. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. It's just this does it terribly. It's it's badly made. It, it, it looks alright at some parts because it's going for a seventies horror vibe mm. at some parts with some of the shots it's got. So clearly there's an eye there. Mm. But but the problem is you can't um, you can't do those shots. You, you you cannot you cannot tell me that the exact same person who came up with the idea for those shots came up with the idea for the shots at the end of the movie. Sure. I don't I I don't believe that that. So whichever person was in charge of going, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. It might be that the director was in charge of that, and then somebody else to come for the, for the what is it the more action based bits. It could be anything like that. So whether or not it's the cinematographer or the director were in charge of those bits, you don't know. But there was some nice walking shots, essentially. It, it, mm. That felt like it was following up from films like Black Christmas and Dolan Now and things like that. That vibe of, uh, of, of horror. Well, that opening bit with the, with the first girl, 
and then she dies and she's like she's he drags her and it makes yeah. her like a snow angel that's really well but, done however the snow angel thing there that that moment sorry babe that one there was the was the, the bit that made me go oh this filmmaker doesn't know what they're doing because as they're dragging the body across you have a big expanse of screen. That's happening in maybe a third of the screen. Yeah. And then the rest of the screen, you have just the white and greys of, of, of snow. And that is where you put poof, Black Christmas. Yeah. During that. You don't cut away from that and then have a rip-off of the original title card on it. Also... Well, a- that opening bit... Is, is really quite well done. She thinks that guy's following her and that's a big It's But it's fine. And, and you kind of it, go, oh, it's it, might be interesting. It's fine. It, there are bits in it that are fine. Mm. But then, like, it, it's there, it, it, it's, it's smashing a walnut with, essentially, it, it's worse than that. It's dropping a house on a peanut. Mm. It, it, it comes in too much and it's, it, right, it, it feels rushed. And I'm watching it going, Imogen Poots, who I like as an actress and think she should be in more, but she shouldn't be in this. No. You know, I'm watching going, I'm very well aware that Imogen Poots is, is, is she a mature student or something? Because she, she doesn't look the same age as the rest of them. Mm. It, 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 that feels weird. Imogen Poots doesn't look old, but she doesn't look early 20s. No. You know, and that's possibly because we've been watching Imogen Poots in things for 10 years and you know that she's not in her early 20s. Mm. Um, there, but the the politics of it, when, when, it when, when as an audience you're watching it and you go and you start to go, and you agree with their politics and you start to go, oh, shut the fuck up. It means that you're not doing it well. Yeah. Not that yep. you're doing it too much. Not that your message isn't getting over. It just means you're not doing it very well. It just means that you're shouting at people that agree with you. And do you know and, what? If it was if it was a fuck the patriarchy, female empowerment but, version of Black Christmas, fine. But it's it's just done so badly. The one the the one genre of movies of our every genre, the one genre of movies that of always had a great strong female representation has been horror there is but it tends to be the final girl it does it it's does not a lot of there's a lot of canon fodder there is but there's also but yeah but there's also a lot way. of male canon fodder in horror movies yeah, there and there's a lot more final girls in horror movies than there is final dudes yeah. or more iconic final girls because the killers are always, what is it? What would have made more sense if you're going to flip it around and show what is it, is if you gave us a strong female killer mm. and went that angle. I get it. There's space for a frat boy stalk and slash. There is. But don't make it about fucking ancient black fucking magic that comes out of a weird thing. And I genuinely as well, I, I don't think I would be as angry at this movie if it wasn't calling itself Black Christmas. If it had, if it had just been this movie, but called something else, fine. You know, yeah, still probably won't particularly like it, but it, it it's the fact that it's trying to capitalise on using that name, mm. which that, the original and the 2006 one are both 
stock and flush movies. Mm. This isn't, it isn't that. It, it isn't a remake of that. It isn't a rethinking of that story. It's it's a completely different thing, but they've just tried to capitalise by using that name. It is. It, it, it's, it, it's a very rare miss from Bloomhouse. Yeah. Big miss. Yeah, big miss, yeah. Because sometimes the films aren't great that Bloomhouse put out, but you can still get, you can still see the point of them. They just, mm. It just didn't land. This is just, this it's is terrible. opportunistic. Yeah, it is. This is, there's a gap there we can fit something in. You know, there's a gap. There's a, a gap that could be filled by a new modernised Black Christmas. It, it, it's just not it, this. It seems like um, Sophia Takal was round at Jason Bloom's house one weekend. They're having drinks, something like that. And she pitched an idea for a Black Christmas remake. And he went, yeah. Uh, well, he got criticised. Didn't he for the lack of female directors in his stable? This feels like a knee-jerk reaction to that. Could be, it could could be that. But do it better. Pick. I mean the, the, I mean, the and I mean the thing is though he's he's very very smart. He own this is a five million dollar film that literally just just releasing it you're basically guaranteed to make your money on it when it's only five million dollars and it's a horror film like released at Christmas and it's got a Blumhouse name on it. He's got to be careful that the Blumhouse name doesn't get too derailed by something like this. I mean, like if I'm being, if I'm being a bit conspiracy theory about this, I think it's interesting that a film like True for Dare gets released as Blumhouse's True for Dare, but this isn't Blumhouse's Black Christmas. This is, a BH production. You, it's not even a Blumhouse film. It's BH. Tilt? No, that's it's not Tilt. That's the thing. It's were weird. It's it BH. So yeah. I, I, I was I, I was I was a little bit surprised when it came up and it didn't say Blumhouse Tilt. Why is that where they put their shit? It's where they put their less than stellar things. It, it well no I I think in fairness I think that's a little unfair. I I it, it's it's where they put their kind of like more experimental big ground stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to get a list now because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Ma, I'm pretty sure was a Blumhouse Tilt film. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, Upgrade, um, Unfriended Dark Web, Don't Let Go, the David Oyelowo film I talked about a, a while back, where it was like the um, his um niece is killed and then he gets a phone call from her but she's in the past and it's almost like a detective story playing on two different time planes it's like interesting conceptual shit like like those films like it it doesn't quite feel like the tilt label would work with this it almost feels like it's just an also ran thing where it's like it's not particularly interesting and we're not going to say it's a blumhouse film it's a bh production yeah it, 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 it's just it's it's just it's not very good and i think if if you're going to have such a aggressively put across message in a movie do it well if if you don't land it, mm. then you're you, you're leaving yourself open to criticism from every fucking corner. The thing is, I don't get who this is aimed at. It's 
clearly not aimed at, at fans of the original because it, it deviates too far from that. Most feminists now are trying to to put, sort of go, look, we're not all just fucking man haters. We just want like equality. Do, do so it's not aimed at do it's aimed at. It, 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 it's aimed at the people who are like the character, whatever her name is. Oh, um, the friend, the angry friend. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's aimed at those people. It's aimed at. It, it, it's Black Christmas for the young Twitter generation. It's it, like it, a uh, walk that they will aggressively disagree with anyone that disagrees with them. Yeah, you know, people that were so woke that they will like, they will disagree with people who agree with them. <laughs> Yeah. And the, yeah. the, the the difficulty that we have at this point, though, is that will the woke audience go and see a ostensibly what appears from the marketing to be a slasher film? No. That that's the thing. It's two different parts of the Venn diagram. Yeah, because because those people will only go and see, and I'm doing bunny ears, prestige horror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And this is this is schlocky horror. You know, well, it's, it's not even horror. The, 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 the thing that bothers me is that the bothers me most is horror is fantastic at tackling, yeah, at, at tackling social issues. It is. You can go. You don't even have to go that far back. Get out did it a couple of years ago, spectacularly well. Mm. You can go to things like um, Candyman. You know, low budget, but deals with, you know, class equality in a magnificent way, um, whilst also being scary, spawning sequels um, and having a genuinely iconic character. Mm. You know, you can have all of these things. This. There is room for a movie with this movie's M.O., though. It's just so clumsily and badly handled. And it gives oh it gives it it almost it doesn't make sense to itself because the guy date rapes her. Mm. You know rapes her. Whether or not you can use date rapes or what is it? Rapes her, mm. right? That is expressly told that that's what happened. Right? Oh is it because I didn't get that from the movie. It's not said over and over again. Um it's expressed that, 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 that that's what happened. But then the movie... So that, that that happened before they discovered the powers of this head, this bus thing, yeah. right? But then almost... Retcon gives them an out. That it's... That it, 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 then, for the future crimes that they're now committing, it's all because they're possessed by this head thing. No, that's just... They're using the they head use it, to but possess it, the pleasure to get the girls that sense. are causing them problems. But it, does, it just doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It's fucking stupid. They could have just used the plenties to do it. They didn't need the black fucking magic thing for it. Yeah, you see, they could have explored, like, the, the toxicity of fraternities. Yeah. And stuff like that and done it that way. A, that a pledges, real world. The pledges for a fraternity that is a powerful fraternity will do pretty much anything they're told. Yeah. And they could have done it from that angle as, like, a brainwashing thing and, and, and all this kind of stuff. But they just went, fuck it, it's magic head. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? That gives them super strength. What is it? They don't look that strong. Well, I mean, that's the thing. They've got a bow and arrow for like the entire fucking thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and in a in a house, in a small house, that's just an it's ineffective where it is, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's like you're in America. I'm sure you could just get guns. Yeah. Mm. You know, it, it just you could do that, or just go up to the house with a lot of planks and some nails, fucking nail it shut and set fire at the bastard. And you get rid of all of them. Badly done. They're bad killers. Also, Carrie Elways. Is he just taking the piss? Yes. 100% he's taking the piss. He looks incredibly amused with himself all the way through that fucking movie. He <laughs> look, look what I mean. He, he looks like he's gone. Like, like he's like the snook said to him, okay, do you, once you be in this movie, we think you'd be really good at, at, at this character. And he's gone, a million dollars. And they've gone, we need 200 grand. And he's gone, I'll take it. And then laughed. And uh, they left laughing, gone, ha ha. I'll do it for 20 grand. He was there for a day, I reckon. I mean, it's right from the start. I don't reckon he's read it. This is a piss tape movie. I'm going to play this as a piss tape movie. Yeah. And then it's just point everyone's really serious around him and going, nah, it's a piss tape movie. This is, this is, this is, this is like Men in Tight, Robin of Men in Tight. Yeah, I've, I've read the script. It's fucking stupid. Clearly it's a piss tape movie. And he just plays it that way. He's so, he's so like incongruous with the rest of the movie. How amused he seems by his surroundings. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like the, let's go back to the statue for a second. The fact that it's a magical statue is that supposed to kind of be like, okay, but the statues possess them. So it, it's like for a film that seems so man-hatey, it's, all, it's almost confused as to like how much it actually hates the men. Because it's not really... I, I don't think it's explained very well. But yes, my my but, take from it was that it's only really the pledges that have been possessed by the statue like they're they're, okay. they're basically good but then the baddie older fraternity guys have got this thing and, and realized they could use it for their nefarious means was my take what, what i've taken from all movies all movies that i have watched that contain fraternities is how are these things still allowed i mean i don't think all of them like... but that's it but they are but I, I would now like to just know what normal fraternities just get up to <laughs> Are they just really quite dull, or are they all that bad? And it is a toxicity problem. I think I think they are fairly toxic environments, to be fair. Like, from... why would anybody want to be involved in that? Because why are they st- why do they exist? Because being part of a fraternity is you, you make connections and stuff. I just it 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 just all see I I don't get it. it seems like a no, bad idea. No, it's stupid. Idea. The fraternity sorority system in in America is just weird. It is. It, it, yeah, it's a bad film. It's a really bad film, and it's a it 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 sends a bad message. Yeah, I um, it's just the fact that it does feel like being shouted by a very angry person for an hour and a half, and as boring as that would be. But it's just so disappointing because it feels like if they announce this now, like June 2019 for a release in, in winter 2020, and it just had more time, then maybe they would have been like, Do you know what, the magical statue, maybe not. Why can't it just be toxic men? 
you know, like, because the thing is, that magical statue thing at the end, it kind of slightly feels like they're trying to be a bit get outy. Oh, yes. You know, not, it's not just evil white people. It's like body transplanting evil white people. And that's not a criticism of Get Out, because like that twist is fucking bonkers and I enjoy it. But this just feels like a facsimile. It's like we have to be gut punchy what the fuck like Get Out was. We want to be Get Out for the Me Too movement. And it's the, the, the filmmaking's not nearly I mean like you look at Jordan Peele I think Get Out cost a similar amount of money um, yeah pretty much the same amount yeah and you look at Get Out and you look at Black Christmas it's it doesn't even fucking compare Imogen Poops but I mean like bless, like she I, in a better film I think that role would be interesting I love the fact that she's not a victim you know, she's been through this awful thing. It was three years ago and she's still at university. You know, it's not like her life has been ruined. She still hangs out with her friends. No, she doesn't automatically put on the sexy Santa outfit and sing the song. But when she does, they, they twist it. And I thought that scene was actually really interesting. And I, I, I liked where that went. I, I did because during that, I was thinking, hang on a minute. If they're all against this, why are they doing this? Yes, and then, so, exactly. and then they started singing the song. Then, like, oh, I get it now. Brilliant. Well done. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it, it subverts your expectation. It still doesn't explain the the one love interest character that they have. There. What? Why is he there? Because he's providing the AV equipment. It just seems a little bit like. But why? Can, how can we get in there if he's not one of them? Oh, because he's providing the AV equipment. Mm. It's like, so, someone has to provide the AV equipment but it, it's still a little bit like if a bunch of fucking douchebags asked you to provide the AV equipment I think you'd probably still go I can't I'm busy that night mm. <laughs> yeah I understood that comment I, it, it, I don't know it just it's one of the worst films of the year but it's more so because they had the kernel of some interesting shit they needed to either go all in on the fucking mad bollocks black goo statue or they just needed to do sorority boys hunting sorority girls and sorority girls getting vengeance. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's, would have been a better movie. Yeah, that, that would that have been that, a black Christmas movie. Yeah, it, it would have been. Um, You know, and I'm not... And again, I mean, it just it does annoy me because I am a massive fan of the the OG Black Christmas and it just feels like it feels like it, it's just a remake literally in name and setting only. It's yeah. the name and the setting. I mean, like, yes, they have the one moment with the phone call and it's a bit weird, but then the phone signal clears up. Brilliant. I mean, at least at least the fucking remake had the phone calls and the freaky phone calls. You could easily have the freaky phone calls with the magical black gooey statue. Like that that would still work. Have like possessed like um, freshmen spouting mad bollocks on the phone to them. Yeah. 
Why not? Like, the 2006 Black Christmas is, like you said earlier on, guys, so much fucking better than this one. And that film is grim and nasty, and it's not a good film. But it's so much better than this one. Grumble, grumble, grumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well, I'll say, our audience poll was uh, 100% shit. Didn't we come up with a new rating? Didn't we add Fallout and Suspiria 2018 as new ratings? Yes, yes, Suspiria doesn't get you too often. Suspiria 2018 for me. This is worse than shit. This is, I wish I could scrub it from my brain and never have seen it. Shit. No, no, I don't don't wish that. Because Because then you might be tricked into seeing it No, because then if somebody tries to tell me how great uh, a film it is for female empowerment and everything like that, I would. I. I can now go. Nah, it's bollocks. That. <laughs> but but do you know what though? If a thirteen-year-old girl watches this film and learns something, or or, or, or it opens their mind to th- like thinking about, I, I like how how to be a better growing up woman, then fine. But you know, the girls in it are terrible, terrible people. That that that's my issue. Is is the the wrong? They're all twat. The wrong. I don't think poops the wrong, the wrong is. I think message is just as is just as bad as the wrong message. The only positive that could come out of this movie is that someone sees it and goes, "Well, that was shit. I thought it was like a like like a remake of an old film that was supposed to be really good. Do you know what? I'm going to seek that out and watch that instead. That's the only positive I can see coming out of this." Oh, I might watch Black Christmas again soon in the next few days. 2006 one the other day, and, and we've got the 74 one as well, queued up, ready to go. We I, need a gap. So I woke up at quarter to six in the morning uh, last Tuesday, I think it was, and literally watched the. I I just I woke up and it was like. I need to watch the Black Christmas remake, and I just rented it off iTunes and watched it on my phone in bed before I got up. <laughs> the way it was meant to be seen. Absolutely, that that was the intention when it was made. That <laughs> fucking that fucking film. Like let let's just talk about that for a minute. Like just I know Mark's already said it like about how grim it is, but that film is fucking nasty. Just yeah. like the whole. Like the backstory of Billy and Agnes, it's like it's just it's unnecessary. It's like come on, <laughs> oh, now, for it, yeah, that. When, when, I, I've seen it before, but I'd completely forgotten about it. Yeah. And then it's, when, the, it's the cookie cut a bit for me. And then when, when, yeah. but then she goes upstairs and it's like, oh god, she's gonna, oh oh where? <laughs> and he's just sat on the chair and she just like hoiks a nighty up and mounts him. It's yeah. like. All right, then. That's where that was going. Fine. Mummy's yeah. <laughs> horny. Mummy's horny. Daddy's fallen asleep. So, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just what you said, Mark, about it being closer to hostel. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It, it's... You think it's going to be this kind of like fun teen horror slasher thing. And then it's just 
like quite i mean fair play like it's like what is unsaid in the original one is very much said in the glenn morgan one and it's <laughs> and, you know fair fair play fair play but nothing there is nothing in that film even touching anything as creepy as the final moments of the original yeah so that ringing phone will chill it, it weirds me out just thinking about it there's so much eye trauma in the 2006 one as well oh yeah so many eyes yeah literally the thing is pulled out of it. Is that in the original? I haven't seen the original in years. No, it's, no, it's just in the 2006 one. It's just the fact that the original, that last scene yeah. where she's in bed and one by one people leave the room and then you just kind of hear the chatter die away and then the phone starts ringing. Yeah. It's just fucking hell. Hell of a film. Hell of a film, that original. Um and I, it, it's it yeah, more I, 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 that film is more influential than people fucking say and I'll forever say that it's that that's the smallest hill on which I will die I think is the fact that Black Christmas is the more influential hor- horror film than Halloween and I'm just I'm fucking going with it I'm going with it bollocks to it no, no Black Christmas no Halloween it, it... Oh, yeah, that, without question, yeah, without question. It's it's the one that's that started that. Yeah, it's not. It, 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 it's possibly not the first slasher, but it, it's the first slasher of it of, of its, its kind. Yeah, yeah, without question. Yeah. Mm. Have you ever wondered what so-called family films will scar your kids forever? Put, put these four and five-year-olds in front of this movie. It's like, if they didn't know what death was before this, they're going to know it after it. They're going to know it after it, and they're going to be freaking terrified. And they're going to be questioning you. Yeah. Or do you have the slight suspicion that your loved one has a cold, dead heart? Yeah, the Dark Knight has got like, all the orphans, and like, oh no, we're going to die. They did not build up those orphans at all. In my head, it's like, kill them. Then look no further, the His Film Her Movie podcast is the show for you. It's the movie podcast that celebrates the contrasting cinematic tastes of its hosts. So join Jordan and Lauren every week on their unique journey through the land of the silver screen. So if you're looking for a few laughs, some fun film-related chat, then get involved. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You like the 1980s, don't you? Of course you do. We all do. But have you ever wondered why that decade was the way it was? Have you ever wished there was somewhere you could go to get past the usual day-glow sentimentality? To try and understand 1980s pop culture in a more social, political and historical context? Because if so, it sounds to me like you're ready to go beyond the aesthetics, beyond the nostalgia. Welcome to Beyond the Neon. Beyond the Neon. Beyond the Neon is the podcast that dares to pull over the Testarossa, eject the Wham cassette, and take off the Wayfarers. If you're looking for retro reviews of Back to the Future, The Goonies, or John Hughes movies, you You will will not not find find that here. here. If you're looking for top 10 lists of A-Team episodes, Nintendo games, or Stranger Things references, you will will not not find find that that here. here. If you're looking for long, boring introductions, Squarespace ads, or Patreon begging, you you will will not not find find that that here. here. Because Beyond the Neon, we do things a little differently. 
In each documentary-style episode, I look at one area of 1980s popular culture and break it right down. And each episode features academic insight, guest contributions and interviews, as well as clips plumbed from the depths of the 1980s cultural void. Well, YouTube, mainly YouTube. To help illustrate the wonderful, perplexing, terrifying, joyous and utterly thrilling world of 1980s pop culture. Beyond the Neon might not be as regular as other 1980s podcasts, but that's because Beyond the Neon isn't like other 1980s podcasts. Subscribe to the show today and check out all past episodes by visiting beyondtheneon.co.uk. So, um, what shall we talk about? I would like to hear about your non-spoiler, if that's cool, thoughts on Jojo Rabbit. Me? Either of you. Both of you. No, I, I was I was talking to Mark, he nodded at me. Um, oh. I I really, really liked it. I will we'll discuss it in more depth once you've seen it, but I I think it's got more to say than Mark thinks it's got to say. And I'd quite like to see it again once it comes out on wide release to back myself up. Okay. And we'll quite happily go and see it in cinema again. Okay. Oh, it feels like I need to be a tiebreaker here. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I, I like and it. I think you'll be on my side. Okay. Given, given the way you think about things, I think, I think you'll probably agree with me. I hope you do. I hope, okay. you, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Um, <laughs> it's a good film. It's a good film. No, get, no, get away from it. It's a good film. Um, thanks, Kelly Hansen is absolutely brilliant in it. Um, the kids are all good. Sam Rockwell is is doing the great supporting Sam Rockwell thing that he can do uh, really well. Um, I, I remember so funny, him in the way way back. I think it is. Might think of right movie. Might not be. Um, where he's a supporting character in that, and he's really fucking great in it. Um, the my my concern that I had for it that um, they make what? Don't spoil it. I'm not, I don't think it's a spoiler at all. Um, my concern going into it was I don't want to make. Hitler into a cuddly best friend, uh, imaginary friend. It, it, it doesn't play out like that. Um, but no, I, I don't think it has quite as much to say as, as, as you think it does, Bex. Mm. I don't, I don't, I, if somebody, if somebody sat in front of me and said, it's my film of the year, I would go, cool. So you've seen one film this year then. misery well it's not misery it's it's it, it, it's good it's good it, it's just it, 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 if you if, if someone's generally telling me that that is a great movie i'm a bit like going i get it you like taking a it's fine i get it yes i bet you can recite all of the fucking flight of concord songs to me just I don't care right it, it's 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 good it's not that fucking good I, I disagree with this. Well, you will. I, I think it's really good. The little boy is brilliant in it. His performance is really good. And I, and I do I do think it's got more to say. 
then oh, fuck it. I just I'm sorry. I love the fact that I I know what Mark's face is like at the moment. <laughs> Stupid face. Um, you can be the tiebreaker, Ian. Oh fuck! I wish I could have an opinion on this. I'm so annoyed with myself. I just couldn't do it last night. The thing is, I, 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 I am going to rewatch it before we review it again at the cinema, so it, it will be fresh, so the discussion will be... Yeah, and obviously I'll, I'll probably rewatch that. I don't know if you deserve to. Sit you aside and what tell you. Fine, fine. Yeah. I'll boo at certain bits. Yeah, fuck it, I'll come over and kick you in the ball. <laughs> well, we... Uh, and the thing is, Mark likes it. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think you've I think you've decided in your head that Taika Waititi makes like puff piece pseudo satire and uh, because you've got a low opinion of him you've decided he's not got as much to say as as I think I think I I, I think he he needs to tone himself down a little bit I I I disagree that's fine that's fine I'm just waiting for everyone to catch up with me because I'm clearly ahead of everyone with the Taiki by TT bit bored in there. Do you know what? I, I, I was really deeply concerned about this movie going into it. For all the reasons we've discussed over all the previous shows, I was deeply concerned. And part of the reason why I want to see it again before we re- review it again, um, review it properly, is because I want to see if the relief is is clouding my judgment. But I don't think I don't think I'm wrong. I think you're wrong. I, I, I mean you I usually are. You're you are you are just a terrible person. I mean that's just given. Yeah, yeah true. Of course. True. When does it come out on Wide Day? New Year's Day. Oh amazing, New Year's Day trip to the cinema. We're already going to see the gentleman on New Year's Day. New Year's Day double bill at the cinema? No, I'm at work. I'm having both of them. Stop New Year's like, Day late. Like. Like. No, me on the bad leg that I've got. I mean, they're both well. One's just worse. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited about the early word on the gentleman as well. Oh, I am. No, the early word is it's really fucking good. Yeah. I, I love I love the fact that the first trailer had loads of Charlie Hunnam speaking in it and then they got loads of fucking grief and now he, he doesn't speak at all in the trailer. I love that. It's clearly like an artistic decision that's been made. Just take it out. Just don't let him speak in it. I, it just it feels like that and Jojo Rabbit. Like I'll I'll see the gentleman on New Year's Day. I'll be I'm looking forward to the gentleman more than I am Jojo Rabbit if I'm absolutely honest. But like the fact that it it's that like first weekend of January. It's kind of like you got the stuff in Boxing Day and New Year's Day, so you're gonna get nothing. It's like New Year's Day. I watch the gentleman. The weekend of the first weekend of January, it's Jojo Rabbit, great. And then the week after that's 1917, and it kind of I don't know. It kind kind of feels like the hits keep coming um this um this christmas um which is great rise of skywalker cats boxing day you got little women which i'm I, you know i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to spy, spies in disguise i mean that's the thing now you guys have got an unlimited card you've got to see the will smith pigeon film yeah obviously you know 
playing with fire. Mark was saying earlier on before you got here, Bex, that he'll go and see playing with fire. Who doesn't want to see John Cena as a firefighter and not pay any more than you already would have paid? Exactly. Because I'll be honest, when I watched that trailer, I laughed a lot. The bit where there's loads of foam and he's bouncing around and his head keeps coming up. I was like, I, I, yeah, for that scene alone, I will watch that movie. I told you this and you said yeah, was your exact words. I'm not paying for it. There's there's already unlimited screenings announced for early January of Bombshell and Just Mercy. Nice. Yeah. I'm I'm intrigued by both of those films. You know what? Ours is showing Dabang 3 in Hindi. I'm quite tempted to go see it because I could see it for free. So I was saying to Mark earlier on, my one is showing Ip Man 4, one showing on Boxing Day. Uh, Yeah, no, so um, I I fucking love that you guys have got unlimited cards. It's strange, Ian, I'm not going to lie. Like, it just, it's brilliant. I just, I'm so annoyed with myself that I didn't see Jojo Rabbit last night because otherwise we could have had a review a couple weeks before it came out, but instead. But... Honestly, I couldn't fucking do it. I couldn't do it last night. Right, so. Um, do you guys want to talk some more about... Oh, shit. I don't know if you just heard that. Sorry. What happened? I'm in uh, Donna's studio, and I just knocked her uh, off the chair. I had my legs on. It's all good. I've repaired, I've repaired everything. I've had... I'm on my fourth can of Elvis juice now, and it kind of hits me like a freight train a little bit by the fourth can. So uh, apologies. I'm a bit of a sloppy mess. Guys, do you want to um, do you want to talk about some more about what you've been watching? Uh, yeah, we want to do Black Christmas uh, because we, we kind of we talked about it for what is it? Uh, um, I we both watched this, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Um, we rewatched Last Boy Scout, which I had in uh, the Pod Syndicate um, alternative Christmas movies um, article. Um, where's a few other ones in there? So if you want to go on to wearepodsyndicate.com, you can find it on there as well as some really, really good other writing and podcasts. Wonderful, glorious podcasts like this one you're listening to now. But more coherent and less swaffly. Maybe. <laughs> um, you can also follow us uh, at uh, Pod Syndicate on Twitter, and you know just—it's neither the time nor the place. It's the exact time of place. <laughs> uh, yeah, we watched uh, Last Boy Scout, um, which is just fucking great. It's—it's it's kind of—it's it, it, like a perfect meeting of a great writer, a great mm. director, and Bruce Willis when he was great. Yeah, and and as I say in the article, a Wayans brother before they made comedies that only Ian likes. Yeah, do you know what? He's really good in this. He's fantastic. Yeah. It, 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 it genuinely is a fucking great movie. Mm-hmm. And it's... I, I think that, that around this time was the last time... Was, was around the time where people actually... Uh, what's it? Tony Scott was the, the hottest shit director than Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott hadn't had a hit for a while and Tony was coming off the back of big hits. I missed him. I miss Tony Scott movies a lot. I'd, I'd, I'd love to watch a new Tony Scott movie. I would. I want them to find like a film reel, like just kicking around in his attic. Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, it, 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 it's fantastic, and it is. It's, it's Bruce Willis being just unbelievably charismatic. It's Bruce Willis being peak Bruce Willis. Yeah, isn't it? It is. 
Um, yeah, it, it, it's absolutely fantastic, Last Boy Scout. And I, I do think it should get a what is it? it it's, it's generally a properly funny movie as well. I, I'm uh, sorry, but uh, you've said it should get a what is it? What should it get? Um, a, um, it is what it is, Ian. It, it, should, it should get a reevaluation. Right, okay. That wasn't as obvious as your usual what is it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I disagree. I think it was. <laughs> what else are we watching next? <laughs> what have you, have you watched anything? Uh, Any time that I've had on my own recently, I've been spending playing the Resident Evil 2 remake, so I'm delirious from lack of sleep at this point. Go on then, you could be the next one as well. Um, this is the first watch for me. Have you seen it before? I had seen it before a long time ago, but I. I Forgotten about it. So we watched uh, Mixed Nuts, which is essentially like about a Samaritan type helpline. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, run at Christmas, and there's various, obviously, larger than life characters. They're getting shut down. They're getting evicted from their premises, which means they're going to have to shut down. Yeah. So Nora Ephron movie starring Steve Martin, but then also has. Uh, Madeline Kahn in there, Robert Klein, Anthony Paglia, Judith Lewis, Rob Reiner turns up, uh, Rita Wilson's there, Adam Sandler is in it as well. Did I say Lee Schreiber? Yeah, Lee Schreiber as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 almost like a collection of scenes, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's oddly. It's a weird turn from Lee Schreiber, isn't it? Oddly chaotic. Yeah. Um. It is. It basically is Adam Sandler turning up and doing all of the Adam Sandler bits, mm. isn't it? Mm. From you know the 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 mid nineties Adam Sandler bit. So he sings, he does the voices. Yeah. And it's you get baseline Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I I enjoyed it enough, but it's not going to enter my Christmas rotation. No. No, but it was, but it was, I will watch it every few years. Yeah, it's good fun. Yeah, it's 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 lower it's lower mid tier. It's not festive enough to enter Christmas rotation. It's no. festive in that it's set at Christmas. It's not particularly festive in tone. Yeah. Um, our last one. You, you can do this one. Um, we uh rewatched Weekend at Bernie's two <laughs> because why not? I gave Becky a choice. Uh, I said I would pick dinner, um, but I would only pick dinner if we watched one of two movies. And it was Son-in-Law. No, see, three movies. Son-in-Law, the Polly Shaw movie. In the Army Now, the Polly Shaw movie. Or Weekend at Bernie's 2. And her response was, is Polly Shaw in Weekend at Bernie's 2? And when I said, no, she said, well, obviously that fucking one. So we watched Weekend at Bernie's 2, which isn't as good as Weekend at Bernie's because genuinely Weekend at Bernie's is in my top 20 movies of all time. Um, but it's still an awful lot of fucking fun having Bernie essentially be possessed by voodoo that where anytime music plays, he gets up and starts leading them towards buried treasure. It's the fact that when, like, <laughs> invariably when the music starts, he's, like, laid on his face and yeah. he's fallen down. But he's, the dancing starts from, like, his ass. So his ass just starts going, like, from side to side and bouncing around and then gradually he, he kind of gets up. 
it's just it's just so funnily done. I, I, again, I maintain as a physical comedy, mm. it is sheer fucking genius. Um, and uh, Terry Kaiser as, as Bernie Lomax in both movies is spectacular, but this is more of his movie. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just it's just great. It, it's really funny to be fair. Yeah. It, it, it's not as funny as the first, but it's still fantastic. Because the first is genuinely magnificent. I actually, I really like Wicked the Bernie's too. It's, it, it is brilliant, but that's the that's all we've watched this week. Uh, so I'll um to kind of segue into me. I'll, I'll talk about Marvelous Brooklyn because obviously you guys talked about it last week, and yeah, I think it's one of the best films of the year. Um, I, I you know so obviously I think I'm echoing what you guys said. Um, it's. I think it's really, really weird that it hasn't been more celebrated. Yeah. Um, it's it's done okay over here, um, and it's it's certainly I think critically it seems to have done better over here than it did in in the US. Um, it just it feels like a film that isn't in cinemas anymore. You know, it's 144 minutes long. It's an adult drama. It's got famous people in it, but nobody meteorically famous. And it just feels like a passion project from a writer-director who gives an enormous amount of fucks about what he's doing, makes some really brave creative choices. The fact that the novel is based in the 90s is fucking mental, considering this film. It just... it the The... the setting feels absolutely perfect. perfect yeah yeah um and norton on occasion leans into the let's let's face it Tourette's can be funny um the, the whole kind of like the um there's there's one thing that he comes out about the uh big tits or something yeah it, it's or it's like when it uh, it, it, and it's and it's it's like with Gugu and Baffa Raw and it's like kiss her on the mouth Bailey or something like that you know and it's like it's it's quite sweet and it's but the thing is the the humour comes from a good natured place. I, I also it's what his brain wants to say that he wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Bailey is like the, yeah. Sorry, go on. Uh, but also, um, what I like about it is nobody ever makes a big deal about his condition. Nobody yeah. ever takes the piss out of my Everyone just kind of accepts it when he says, I've got this brain thing. And everyone kind of just goes, okay. all right, fair enough. But that's the thing. There are little smiles from the things that he says. So it's not just like, this is a world where no one notices it whatsoever. People do notice it, but it's just, yeah. You know, that was fair enough. Yeah, it, it's... I, Alec Baldwin is amazing like i could listen i was i after this after seeing it i listened to an episode of here's the thing the podcast that alec baldwin does where he interviewed ed norton and hearing those two chat it's kind of my version of watching a porno really just hearing those two talk and just baldwin's voice 
as well. Like, that man has a voice. I mean, could you imagine that man fucking you? My God. (laughs) Grim. (laughs) I don't think it is grim, Bex. I don't think it is grim. It just, it tells a story which I love the fact that it, it it's building in an awful lot of kind of like racial politics and gentrification and it, it, it ends not on a the world is saved note, but realistic note. It's there have been some small wins overall. The work that the, the world has not changed. But the the characters you want to find peace, find peace. Um, yeah, I just I think because it doesn't necessarily have something important and because it's not an action blockbuster, it it's occupying this middle ground. Which even though Netflix have only been making original films for like a half a decade, it feels like a film that you would expect to be a Netflix original, but it's so fucking good to see it on a big screen. It feels too too high quality and it feels too loved to be a Netflix movie. It absolutely feels like a labor of love. Like you can, you can feel it all over the screen. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I look back on, you know, yeah, it's the end of the decade and you get quite reflective. And I look back on my like decade of podcasting and I, you know, when Lots was younger and before Netflix was what it is now, I was very, if I can watch things at home on my TV screen and that's fucking brilliant. And I think in terms of the availability of things and the way that people from smaller towns can see things day and date that people in t- tw- 10 years ago would only be able to see in cities like you know, imagine marriage story the fact that a film fan in the ronda valleys can see marriage story without having to go to the one art house in cardiff that is playing it is brilliant Oh, without having to wait till it comes out on DVD. Yeah, exactly. You know, but now they get to be involved in the conversation at the time that it's like culture. It's it's there. You know, I haven't seen Marriage Story yet, and I'm kicking myself. I haven't seen it yet. But so I used to be very. If I can watch it on a small screen, I'm going to watch it on a small screen because that's great for my situation. And that I I I. I think that's totally still there but the way that expectations for film have changed in so much as you know Motherless Brooklyn you wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised to see it as a Netflix original given the fact that it kind of feels like a studio wouldn't release it these days and frankly given the box office performance of it it probably gives further uh evidence that it it shouldn't get a cinematic release from a business point of view but the fact that i was able to go and see this on a sunday afternoon and spend two and a half hours in a cinema with a few other people just kind of like wallowing in it and when the laughs came people were laughing and the rest of the time everybody was fucking silent that's a powerful experience i think i have 
previously taken for granted. And I don't want to sound all fucking high and mighty about it, but I think a lesson I've learned from Motherless Brooklyn and from the Irishman as well, seeing that on the big screen is if you do have the opportunity to see these films on a big screen in an audience, you should do so. And it feels like the battle's kind of been lost, but at the same time, at least there is the silver lining that that person in nowhere near a independent cinema still gets to watch this stuff. So it is swings and roundabouts, but it, 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 I, the big screen experience for a film like this is important. It, it is. It, 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 we get. It, it's a lot better film. It, it's a. It's a film. I think that in a, in a few years' time, people will start to go, "Holy fuck! Yeah, this, this is great." Oddly, this will find its place when it gets released on something like Netflix. Yeah. 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 That's exactly it. You know that it's weird if this film was released in like 2016 or something you know that people end of the decade would be like why didn't people go and see this in the cinema yeah you know if, if this was released if, if somebody had put a little bit more if it's the studio put a little bit more behind this then i keep going back to it but that scene in the bathhouse between um norton and baldwin yeah, yeah. is baldwin's best supporting actor clip at the Oscars. Yeah. Because the sheer the level of this is a this is a a bad dude of that is is yeah. is palpable. His complete not even lack of remorse, but his sense of entitlement mm. in that of the way he's describing and spoiler guys, the way he's describing raping somebody that he doesn't even seem to see it as something that he's done that was wrong, that he wanted something, therefore he took it, is the way that it's done so flippantly and so there's no <gasps> moment for it is, is, is possibly why this movie has gone so under the radar because Norton isn't focusing on that. It is just something that happens within it and there's no reaction to it. It just gets passed by. That's His reaction is, so you raped her. And he doesn't go, yeah, I did. He just says, no, I saw something. I took it. Uh, I wanted it. And I took it. It is that there for the times that we are that we are in at the moment is something that is more powerful than yeah, so yeah. many other movies that are telling exactly the same thing and doing it well. It, it, it just seems a little bit like, why have we missed this? Why has this been missed? It's that ending, the fact that Norton doesn't necessarily go and fuck him over in that way. Like, I love, spoiler alert again, slightly, but the way that it's kind of revealed how Baldwin's plans may get a little bit scuppered um with the his assistant or whoever it is having like a financial interest in that company mm. like i i like the way that it's like it's the small victory it's not yeah. the 
I have defeated Alec Baldwin. You know, you know that Baldwin's character is probably going to be all right, but it's almost like a moral victory. It's the thing the little man can do. Yeah. And, it, you know, it, 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 it's one of those kinds of things where it kind of feels like you shouldn't be aiming to necessarily take the big fish down. But if a thousand people were to cut the, the big fish, then it would bleed out. It's that I, I maybe I'm thinking a bit too grand about that, but it, it I feel like it's a very realistic what someone can do and feel like they've made a difference. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's it. It's which is again like you say it is maybe why it's not really tempted because he doesn't get his full comeuppance. He gets a realistic um, black eye. Fish yeah. that big never go down no but you can you can nick them but that's it there's a there's a there's a, there's a melancholy to yeah. that the, yeah, the, yeah. the victory of the movie is they both got out alive and that yeah that doesn't play well to the crowd mm. that's exactly it that's exactly it um so um moving on i also watched um uh unfilmed the michael bay uh six underground um so this is uh, this is kind of Netflix's big, 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 big film of um, of the year. You know, you've had your marriage story. You've had your Irishman. Those two popes are coming on Friday. And apparently the two popes is really fun. I'm really looking forward to that film because that's surprising. A lot of talk about pizza, which I'm down for. But for now, we've got six underground. So Ryan Reynolds is back as... Deadpool, but this time he's a billionaire. Um, first 20 minutes of Six Underground are Michael Bay at his sheer, I can do whatever the fuck I want and no one's giving me any notes. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Most banus. Um, people are getting run over left, right and centre. There are slow motion shots of a green fast car spinning around and just not just about not hitting a dog while in slow motion it slobbers. Um, It's like someone having surgery inside this car during the entire thing. It's mental and it rules. It's then a TV pilot for the next 100 minutes, and it's quite shit. That's disappointing. Yeah. But that thought, first... Yeah. The opening 20 minutes is the best part of this entire film. The rest of the action feels just... Yeah, all right, there's gunfights. There's CG-assisted jumpy shit. I don't care. Ryan Reynolds plays a billionaire who may as well be Deadpool. And it spends an awful lot of time setting up the six characters who are underground because they're, they're pretending to be dead. Um, and it absolutely like it's written by the guys who wrote Deadpool and the zombie land films. And it feels like a screenplay that they had in a drawer. And Ryan Reynolds said, what have you got? It's like, we got this. Do you mind if I sell it to Netflix? And, you know, you might not get quite as much as you usually get, but you'll get a good chunk. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, fine. 
whatever it's whatever the movie i I, it's disappointing it's really disappointing and i think it's telling that the vast majority of the marketing seems to be around that car chase at the start of the film is it it, is it as obvious my only question of the film is it as obvious that monster energy drink clearly gave a lot of money to this movie what with the fact that that monster energy drink green is pretty much everything in the movie and i'm from what i understand there's quite a lot of monster energy drink product placement funnily enough red bull is more of the product placement thing because uh, like when the scene where ryan reynolds fakes his death he's in a plane and he's got a red bull helmet on interesting no, it, it says sponsored this movie. <laughs> but I mean, it's interesting because, like Netflix, you've noticed how it comes up the thing on the top left saying this this film contains product placement. It's like, yeah. yeah, a lot of films contain product placement. Why are you telling me that? I think it's something that they've got to because it's a streaming platform. It's like that's fucking fascinating. Like if the BBFC title card came up at the start saying 12A contains advertising. Yeah, really. It's to do with it's to do with it being it's to do with the fact that you're paying a subscription service. Oh. What is it? And that that Netflix doesn't Netflix as you pay it doesn't contain adverts. It's it's, so it's like it's almost like because it's passive income because you're not paying four pound to rent six underground. You are paying eleven ninety nine a month for Netflix. That yep. they have to tell you when there's something in there that's advertised, right? In, okay. in the same way as now YouTube videos have to say contains paid placement because mm. you're watching it and part of what you're watching there is okay. What is it? It's to do with that. Understood. All right, fair enough. So yeah, but yeah, six underground. Kind of glad we're not main reviewing it because I don't know how much we would actually have to say. Um, so. I also watched the first two Home Alone films. Um, first time with Lottie. Uh, the first one, she was wrapped. She was well in. The second one, she came back whenever violence was happening. Yeah, nice. um, so the thing is, the first Home Alone is this very, very sweet, very well-natured film that gets a bit goofy violent at the end home alone 2 i swear to god the main sequence where harry and marv are getting attacked must go on for 20 25 minutes it's i I remember home alone 2 being a really quite violent movie (laughs) it is mental like literally there is a extended sequence where Macaulay Culkin is dropping bricks from the top of a building onto Marv specifically. It's like, it's always Marv getting hit. And I swear, Joe Pesci must have had it in his contract for the second one. It's like, I will not get damaged half as much as Daniel Stern does. And because it's Joe Pesci, they went, yeah, all right then. Like, Joe Pesci, fair enough, his head gets lit on fire for both of the films. But Daniel Stern gets the living shit kicked out of him in Home Alone 2. I mean, it's something. Uh, but 
the, the thing with Home Alone 2 as well, it was interesting. So, um, so Simon Brew, ex um, um, Den of Geek, and now uh, runs Film Stories. Yeah. He, do, he does a podcast, the Film Stories podcast, which is r- really nice podcast. It's just him by himself, like talking through the stories of film production. And this week's episode is Home Alone 2. Um, and he was talking. Yeah. Sorry? What's the podcast called? Film Stories. It's really, really good. And, you know, I mean, like, fair play to the guy. He runs independent magazine that you, you have to order directly from him. He also does Film Stories Junior, which is like literally giving teenagers writing paid writing assignments to give them a leg up in the industry. I should fucking I should fucking buy some. You know, it, that man is is fighting the good fight. He's doing the Lord's work. So, yeah, Simon Brew podcast film stories magazine film stories he's got a youtube channel as well um he was talking about home alone 2 and talking about how it was kind of like rushed into production and macaulay colkin's wage went from 110 grand on the first film to four and a half million on the second <laughs> like the, the, the macaulay colkin wage thing is insane because wasn't it richie rich he literally got like 10 15 million quid i think it was yeah yeah I, I like you like to think he's just living fairly comfortably because like the, the royalties off of the first two home alone films alone he must do okay uh, you, you, i i think well he, he he managed to win a lot of money back off his parents didn't he uh, and that yeah because his dad used to be his agent and you know it, it's I mean, but I mean, I, seriously, this podcast is really interesting because it talks about um, the good son as well, and like the deal that they negotiated so that he'd be in that as well, and the the problems that that caused. Um, but yeah, and they they talk about how rushed into production this was, and how John Hughes usually took quite a while with his screenplays, but with this he didn't. And do you know what? Yeah, you can tell because it's a fucking rehash of the first one, except. He's in New York. It like the the bird lady in the second one. It's like after the first one, surely he's learned that not every weird looking stranger is inherently evil. But no, with this one, bird lady is still screaming at her. Um, you know, you got angels with dirty faces, the black and white film that he plays, like he messes about with the video in the first one. The second one. He messes about with the film's sequel, Angels with Dirtier Faces. It just, it's, it's, I don't know, it's quite fun, but it's also quite lazy. Um, and it's also, I mean, just the fact that the, that the events that cause him to kind of wish that he didn't, he wasn't around his family again in the second one, it just feels like weak source compared to the first one. It, it, Home Alone. I, I think is a cracking four out of five home alone two is kind of like a three out of five retread but i almost admire how violent it is i i i i have a very special place for home alone. i think i think it genuinely is, is a is a properly great movie um and it, it's i mean it's and even when I watch it now, I can still watch it pretty much every year, don't we? That's Christmas every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. It's you're right. It's such a sweet movie, but I I never ever think to watch Home Alone two. 
No, and I, I, I think that's fair. I, I, I think that's totally fair. I mean, to be honest with you, I think now we will just watch Home Alone. It's like I told lots after Home Alone as a sequel to Home Alone, and and she wanted to watch it, so it was like, all right, the next day we watched it. You know, um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to clean up these beer cans. Sorry. Um, yeah, it's. I will just watch Home Alone going forward. You know, I, I, I think that's all you need to do. And and it next year, I think we get the Disney Plus Home Alone reboot. So that would be fun. Which stars one of the kids out of George or Rabbit. That's right. And star uh, Archie Yates. Is that yeah. like the, the one who plays his mate? Yeah. Okay. But Ellie Kempner from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt is the mum and... I like Amy, uh, Kimmy Schmidt, so, you know, that's something. Well, the dad's somebody. The dad is somebody. To find out who the dad is now. The dad is somebody. Rob Delaney? Yeah, yeah, it is. That. Rob Delaney and Ellie Kempner. It kind of makes me think maybe their roles will be bigger, weirdly. Yeah, I think it is. It's not a. I don't think it's like a. It's a reboot, but I think it's gonna. It's got more to do apparently. Yeah. Um. That that that's intriguing. That's intriguing. Um. And lastly, I watched on 4K disc a rewatch of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Looks lovely in 4K disc format, and that film rules as we know and we will likely talk about it again in a few weeks time so hey yeah um so brad it's your time and andrew to be fair it was actually technically your pick so you know but thank you for backing brad up the remains of the day is directed by james ivory and stars anthony hopkins Emma Thompson, Hugh Grant, James Fox, and others. Christopher Reeves in there as well, isn't he? Um, so, what's this about? A butler played by Anthony Hopkins. He's the butler to uh, James Fox, who is having some slight nazi-ish thoughts without being a nazi he just feels that germany have had a bad rap and he wants to stick up for the little guy and uh they have a house uh housekeeper played by emma thompson in the mix as well and there's a rather chaste kind of thing going on between anthony hopkins and emma thompson while war is brewing and hugh grant plays uh james fox's godson who is a reporter and is kind of wanting to make sure that his godfather doesn't commit treachery, I suppose. So, the remains of the day. Becky, I know you loved it. Like, it was, it was fine to watch, but... <laughs> It starts off, Anthony Hopkins is a butler for a Nazi, and it finishes. And he's an ex-butler for a dead Nazi. Like, there's no... But he's now a butler for Superman. Yeah, now he's a butler for Superman. But, like, why? Why make this movie? Why does Superman need a butler? Just because Batman's got one, that's probably it. It's just... There's, there's, 
it's fine and it looks nice and it's well acted and blah blah blah, but th there's just nothing there in the way of plot. <laughs> <laughs> he's tricked into being a Nazi or he misguidedly he's just a Nazi. It's not like oh Anthony Anthony Hopkins's character gradually realizes that his but that his master is is a Nazi. He just is the whole way through. Like that he's there. And then there's the, I, there's the will they won't they know they were Emma Thompson shit. Just maybe it's because it finished at half past one this morning and I want it in the right frame of mind. But I just finished and thought, well, fuck, that's an hour and a half of sleep that I won't get now. That I could have if I'd gone to bed at midnight. And, I will, and I haven't learned anything. I will say I love the fact that it is will they won't they and no they won't. <laughs> like that's basically yeah. what the end is. Yeah, there's all these looks. <laughs> it goes all that fucking way to bring her back as a housekeeper. She don't go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I did I did love that because I, I was because I'd seen it before you see, and I was thinking, oh, I thought I'm thinking, I don't remember this wrong because she doesn't go back. <laughs> it, 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 it just. It takes uh, stupidly in a, in, a, in practical car, goes to find her to bring her back to be a housekeeper. She doesn't go. Loads of flashbacks. It worked for an day. Dad died. Was he his dad? Who knows? I don't. It just. I mean, I, I will. I will say. I, right. It, he's an outright Nazi to start off with. He has sympathies towards the Germans and like that. And it wait, and then it, that essentially, essentially as it goes on, and he doesn't start to condemn them, etc. Which was going on a lot in, in Britain. We, we, you know, in, in the upper classes, we, we forget about that. That the, the upper classes were were quite sympathetic towards Germany in this, and were ignoring the essentially what was going on in Germany. Uh, and you know, a lot of the classes did back Hitler. Right. But so what? So the message is the upper classes have have no. bad ideas about stuff and treat people like shit. But we've learned nothing. Yeah, we, I, I agree with that. I don't think he was always a Nazi. <laughs> what is that? I don't agree with you on that. I, I think I don't think he becomes a Nazi. I think or it's Nazi sympathizer. It, 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 it's just that he he never. He never has a moment where he goes, actually, no, this isn't what I thought it was. He knows what it is, and he still keeps thinking it, it's what he thought it was, and he never actually has that moment of somebody going, no, these guys are fucking wrong. I mean, I, 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 there, there is that moment where like, he's like, those two Jewish girls, I kind of feel like I need to make it right here. You know, it, it's... I. It's it's weird. It kind of feels like the film increasingly seems to think that the focus isn't necessarily on that. And maybe there is an argument that it probably did need to close that loop a, a, a little more because obviously later on, it's like he sued for libel and all this kind of stuff. But there's not quite enough connective tissue there to go. No, he did change his mind. But then again, maybe the film is just being subtle. I, 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 I don't. I don't know. It, it 
it's we it's so weird because it, it does feel like a film that i i really i i really like I, I will say i really liked it but it does feel like a film that doesn't quite know exactly what it wants to be and i've not read the book and donna has i need i need to ask her about this it's it, it's funny she um she read remains of the day because of never let me go and she thought that it might be some sort of weird like costume drama sci-fi and then was disappointed when it wasn't um and she read the book so that took her a while to get to that realization but i i'd be intrigued to know whether it's like that in the book as well the, the thing is I, I i i actually enjoyed most of it uh it's way too fucking long um it, I, you can, you can I wonder if you're saying that from a finish you're finishing it at half one in the morning. It is only about two hours ten. Like, is it actually that? I get rid of the last twenty minutes because the story I'm more interested in is the is the stately home lord is Nazi sympathizer mm-hmm. rather than the will they won't they because no they won't. Even even when I remember first watching it, I thought they they don't they won't. There, there is also there's the zero sexual chemistry between them no, I, at all i i don't know i will say there is that shot of anthony hopkins like staring out the window watching her ride off on a bike where he basically looks like he wants to eat her yeah, but i yeah, but literally I, I i would say that that's more like he's going like he's watching it going i'd love to ride a bike no, no yeah. man. Like, he's he's hannibal lecturing the fuck out of that oh. like it that took me out of it a lot. He was very lectery. He, he's a bit. I, no, I don't agree that he's lectery because he no, he's he's the the poster of lecter. He's not lectery. Lectery is like that. This, I, I I like the film. I think it's too long. I don't like his little side adventure that he goes on. Um, but. The stuff with his dad and the, the, the weirdness of all that, the, the awkwardness of his character in the flashbacks of, of him so rooted in his duties. But I think that is fantastic. Mm. The fact that at that moment, he's the, 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 the best moment of that movie is where he does feel the need to say to Emma Thompson's character, my dad would want me to continue with my duties. And the fact that she goes, I know, it is a wonderful moment in the movie. In the fact is, I don't think she thinks that his dad would want him to continue with the movies, but it's what he needs to do. It's how he needs to cope. And it's that level of softness that is the connection between those two people. I, I thought was a really wonderful moment. I think the score is fantastic that takes yeah, you through it. Right. It, it, it. It builds up to it. It's not a. It, it's not a reveling in the opulence of this type. These type of movies are usually like fucking nails down a chalkboard for me. Mm. Um, I don't like them. I don't. I don't like celebrating in the pomposity of the upper classes. It, it it grates on me. Well, our well, Downton Abbey commentary track in February is going to be a delight, then, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. To me, that's a that's a stop celebrating these people because when you do, you get the situation that we are in now. 
Yeah. Which um, we're not getting anywhere near, by the way. Um, but with this, it's a, it's almost wagging a finger at them and saying, these people are shit. Look at how shit they are. But his character, he almost feels like he almost, he's subservient to them. And he, he, that's how he identifies. And it's ridiculous. And I can get that, whereas she's not. Mm. It's a job to her. For him, it's a calling. I mean, a butler. Because to him, it, it's the closest he can get to them. To that lifestyle. I think maybe that's why. I, I, I mean, I, I thought, I can't get my head around someone having that kind of blind civility. Well, that's, that, that's I think it. that's maybe why I, I think that's fine. lost on me. It, I, I do genuinely feel, though, like the film goes very drastically downhill after his father died. Like, in in, in his characterisation. He mm. becomes a lot more two-dimensional after his father died. It's... I just think that, that there's... Like you said, Ian, I, I'm quite interested to... To, to read through the book to see, see how these things cross over I just there's, there's more interesting stories that don't get taken up by what James Ivory wants to be as interesting but I do like the movie I didn't I mean I didn't dislike it it was it was it was it was fine it's watch it's just there's, the story, there's, there's just not enough story there I think we, we got a lot of we got a lot of movies of around this, um, not subject, but around this class mm. in in sort of like the the late eighties to, to to early nineties. So you you had things like this and the Age of Innocence and Dangerous Liaisons and Secret Garden. There was a lot of movies around this. Um, Subgenre almost. Pot people. Yeah, essentially. Pot people subgenre. Essentially like that. Um, and I think they were better dealt with than they are now because mm. then it gave us post that we had things like um, sense and sensibility and um, Down Abbey became a big thing. And it's like, no, you're, you're missing the point. A lot of these movies were quite critical of these, and now you're not. You're celebrating them. Yeah, I will. I will be doing down. No. I have no interest in, in spending hours of my life watching how the other half lived or lived. Yeah, I will. I, I'm interested to watch Downton Abbey in the sense that I still have no idea what Downton Abbey is, and I'm looking forward to going into the movie having no idea what Downton Abbey is. That would be interesting. Maybe that should be an experiment we do. Let's all watch Downton Abbey without having a fucking clue what's going on. Yeah. Again, like when I watched the third Hobbit movie, <laughs> which literally starts mid-scene to how the yeah, second one ends. Yeah, the second one ends. That's right, you did watch that, didn't you? Good on you. In the cinema as well. Uh, but, <laughs> no, I mean... To a kid who was really fucking into it, and his mum was really disinterested... So the kid ended up like, like hitting me and pointing the screen, going, "That's blah," and I was going, oh, "That's amazing, isn't it?" <laughs> Not letting on that I had no idea what the fuck was going on. 
I hope there's a kid who's like that during Cats for you. Just like, like, like elbowing you in the ribs and going, that's the chillical ball. Yeah, weirdly, like, like when I went to see um, Ghostbusters, the new one, there was a two full rows of um, people with learning difficulties, we'll say, mm. who every time the Ghostbusters theme came on, they started humming along to it and putting their arms up and waving their arms, which in theory, should have irritated the shit out of me, but no, it completely added to my experience because I was going, they're enjoying the shit out of this movie, and that is what this movie should be, is two full fucking rows of people enjoying the shit out of this movie. You have to be a real miserable bastard to not have fun with that movie. But, not, but yeah, but and I loved that that, that they that, that that they were getting on with that movie, and it, mm. it didn't take it at me out of it at all. It just only added to my enjoyment because every time it started, I thought, "Here we fucking go." <laughs> nice. So, remains uh, the day. <laughs> yeah, definitely not shit. I, I really enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed my time with it. I'm glad I rewatched it. Um, I don't think it'll be the last time I ever watch it either. Go on, Bex. Say definitely shit. It's not definitely shit. It's fine while you're in it, but you get to the other end of it and you go, nothing, nothing happened. Also, there was can, no development. Can there. I say as, as, as well? It reminds you that Christopher Reeve, although is perfect as Superman, is actually also really a good actor away from Superman. Mm. And I think that because he was so good as Superman, and because he became so um, iconically Superman. Yeah. He was Superman. It's forgotten the fact that he actually was an actor outside of it. Whereas somebody like, for instance, Roger Moore always said that, no, 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 I wasn't an, I, I, I'm not an actor. I'm a, I was a handsome man who was James Bond. Mm. And I was very lucky that that happened to me. Um, you know, Roger Moore w- was a gift that we didn't appreciate when he was alive, is what I would say. Um, yeah. In the fact that that man, when somebody referred to him as the actor who played James Bond, he said, no, I wasn't an actor. I was never good enough to actually ever be called an actor. <laughs> and it's like, just the humility of that man yeah. was, was brilliant. I do think that we never appreciated him while he was alive. The same thing I think can be said for Christopher Reeve. I don't think he ever got the credit because he was so closely... Um, just Superman to everybody. Yeah, yeah. so it's like fair. There's probably a lot of great content that's out there that shows him as being a great actor. And he, he, the big scene he has in this, he's really, really good. He delivers it in such a biting way. Oh, that speech where like he, he kind of says the pleasantries, then sits down and then stands up again. Yeah. And then gets into it. Yeah, 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 it's great. It's brilliant. And then the... But also you get the turn of where where he makes a joke about um, Anthony Hopkins and Emma Thompson and realises that he might have upset Anthony Hopkins Mm. and makes a point of saying... And it's very very clever where that scene is placed in the movie because he makes a point of of, of then apologising to him and saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. I, I wasn't... What is that? And the fact that he gives him the car and says, you know, he he's not lending him the car or what is it? He's basically giving him the car without saying to him, that's your car. I'm giving you the car. Mm. Um, and one of the reasons why he's taken on 
Darlington Hall is because he gets the butler as part of it. Yeah. All that sets you up for him being a decent person later on in the movie. So you can watch it and go, no, he's one of the good guys. Mm. The rest of the arseholes. Absolutely. It's not shit. It's not I, I, I think you need to give an extra star for the scene where Anthony Hopkins tries to talk to Hugh Grant about the birds and the bees. <laughs> <laughs> and you look at it going, look, Hugh Grant knows about the fucking birds and the bees. And the character that Hugh Grant's playing knows about the birds and the bees. But it is just the fact that all the way through the film after, Hugh Grant just seems genuinely tickled whenever he speaks to Anthony Hopkins. It's just like, kind of like, he's like, I always enjoy our little conversations. <laughs> it's just, it's... I really no, have I mean, I, more of a fish man. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. It's brilliant. Because it you get the feeling that Hopkins going... Oh, I have no idea what I'm talking about, and now I just have to talk. Now I need to read shitloads of books oh, about man. fish so, so I can continue these conversations. No, I mean, it's great. I mean, fair play, Hugh Grant's on good form here as well. You know, it's like he's funny when he needs to be, but he's also that final scene where it's just like he's trying to get Hopkins to understand this yeah. isn't right. You know, and that that like the nobility but also the fucking wanted to wring his neck like in in at hopkins going like he's a good man he you know he's doing it he's doing what he thinks is best and sticking up for his master despite the fact that he's obviously doing bad shit which it's like does hopkins understand or you know there's that scene where that one guy's asking him all those questions and hopkins is like i'm afraid i don't understand sir and you know and it's does he not understand? No, or he, he understands. is he just too polite? He, he understands. He just he he understands absolutely. He's an, he's clearly an educated enough man for all of this. Yeah. Um. It, but he understands that he's not allowed to have an to, to have an opinion because yeah. he's he's staff. He's not he's not there to have an opinion unless somebody is expressly asking for his opinion, and he knows in that moment. I this guy isn't asking my opinion. I am literally here as a tool for this man to make his point, and this is what I have to do. It's why he looks up a few times at um, Lord Darlington. Yeah. Because he's That's looking for some kind of what is it for him to go a motion that allows him to to answer the question. But the fact that he doesn't get that, he's got to he's got to play along. Yeah, and it's it's again it's it's the it's the absolute dedication to to being to to, to his job that gets him through it that also leads him to not have a life. That's really interesting. Yeah. No. What what I took from that was it it, it was a bit of a. His, his world is serving that house. He doesn't seem to take any interest in anything that's going on in the wider world. And, uh, so I, why would he know? And I, I, think he, I think he has to know mm. points to be able to work in that house. He's it's not, just like, is, is he looking to Lord Darlington because he's looking for permission to answer or is because it's, can you not get me out of this? No, I, I, I think he's, I think he could have been, I think he'd have been comfortable enough if that guy had been essentially saying that for hours because he's he's fine with it. It, it, it he isn't getting embarrassed by it 
Okay. I, I don't think he's embarrassed by it. I think he's just, I'm fine. This, this, this is what I am here to do. I am here to be whatever these people need me to be. The brilliant moment when we thought that, the, um, the, you know, the conversation that Lord Darlington has with uh, Anthony Hopkins um, when he's talking about his nephew. Mm. He's, he's not nephew, he's Godson. Godson. And me and Becky going, is he asking Anthony Hopkins to get him a hooker? <laughs> this, is, this is a bit awkward, Stevens. Um, you know, it's, it's a bit above and beyond. And me and going, going, is he, is he saying get, get a whore? And then he's like, oh no, it, 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 it's, it's levels below that. <laughs> I think that adult man probably knows about the burden that he is. But it's the fact that, that he doesn't think he would do. Yeah. When, when actually, you know, Grant probably does want a whore. I mean, yeah. No, there's no allegedly he got caught with a hooker. He's fine with that. Yeah. I just, I what, what was that scene with the book about? That was the most awkward shit I've seen on screen in a long time. Which one? Well, he's just stood in a corner eventually. Like, Emma Thompson backs him into a corner and he's like hugging his book. Like, I get it. He doesn't want to see that, he doesn't want her to see that he's got this soppy side and he's reading a romance novel. But, it's just so awkwardly done. But I think it's supposed to be awkward. I get that, but it is. It succeeds in its awkwardness, and it's it's just like it's quite like oh, this isn't nice. Yeah, but, yeah, that, but, yeah. And then there's that lingering look between them, and it's like oh god, will they? Won't they? Will they? I really fucking hope they don't. Yeah. This is gross. Oh, <laughs> I would have watched Hopkins fuck this shit out of Thompson. Come on, who doesn't want that? It would have been a little. Emma Thompson, it would have been a little bit like a period piece of where Will loses his virginity in the Inbetweeners. Okay. It would have been like that. It would have been the most rigid sex anyone's ever had. Rigid. <laughs> oh yeah, you. It just. So you're definitely not shit back in, are you? For its lack of a story, I think I've got to go touching claw. Fair enough. Oh, okay. There's, there's no story there. There's this there's this internal romantic intrigue that never comes to anything. <laughs> there's not even intrigue. There's, the there's the regaining of the housekeeper, which never comes to anything. Doesn't regain. And the boss is a Nazi sympathizer throughout. There's no development there. I don't know. So like. I don't know if they might. I just, nah. I'll never watch that again. Fair enough. Um, Unless I'm really tired and I want something like to just put on and go to sleep so that I know I'm going to fall asleep to. I can find you more movies. Yeah. Questions? Yeah, yeah, what we got? We have a couple. Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd. I've uh, been thinking about films of the decade, and I've realised there is one film which everyone seems to absolutely adore, but for me, whilst it's a good watch, it's nowhere near my films of the decade list. He doesn't actually specify the film, by the way. Um, what films do you feel your view is out of sync with the general consensus? <laughs> this could be fucking anything for you, doesn't it? I, I, I will just say we've been recording for nearly three hours and I probably need to call it a day soon. So I wonder if that might be a question to... Uh, Mull. 
Some yeah. Right then, but, but yeah, okay. We'll, we'll come back to that because I think there could be some quite decent answers for that. We'll do a little section on the next recording. Um, John Dangerfield, an obvious question, um, but just in case it has changed this year, your top three Christmas movies. Uh, Die Hard, Black Christmas, and Elf. Okay. All right, I've got mine. Christmas Vacation, It's Wonderful Life, and probably Die Hard. I'm really thinking about this one, Bex. Because there's so many that I really love. But we need top three. How do you talk? Oh, Go on then. It's Wonderful Life. Yeah. Obviously, Die Hard. Krampus is crept in there. Wow, okay. Home Alone and Muppet Christmas Carol. Cool. Fuck Muppet Christmas Carol. It'd be best version of a Christmas Carol. Oh, uh, swap out Elf. Swap out Elf. Yeah, you're right. As, as, as we will come back to Rick, uh, Jake, it, um, what is it there? But um, if we're talking about sort of general consensus of Christmas movies, yeah. That I don't get on with at Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah, I try just fuck, fucking the. I, I, I just I, I don't I don't get it. There's a bit where some grapes are singing there. Just delete them. But but there's also bits where Michael Caine's singing. I know it's mint. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> you've got to watch the cut version so you get his ballad as well. You've got to watch like the proper version so you get his ballad. Yeah, fuck off, Mark. I don't want Michael Caine's ballad. I don't want Michael Caine's Brexit ballad. Mate, oh, is the oh. fucking songs are by Paul Williams. You have no soul. Just fuck off. <laughs> it's lovely as Muppet Christmas Carol. I literally cry every time I watch that. I cry if you made me watch it. Well, I don't. Do I? <laughs> what could we next week, Ian? <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye.
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>